Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand and not at a hockey tournament. No, survived the earthquake as well. Exciting week for Kiwis. So we went back into, when we recorded this, I guess on my Saturday, it was your Friday last week, right? I yes. think it was. Yeah. Yep. So it was yep. Saturday yep. That's usually afternoon, when we do it. like this time now, right? Like it's 1.13 p.m. in New Zealand on Sunday. So we normally try to record Saturday on my time because it's easier. And we recorded. I said I was going to a hockey tournament. We would be no episode this week. Great. About four hours later, you find out that they're going to lock the country down again specifically Auckland, where these last COVID cases have been. And the problem is that the people who had caught COVID weren't like contact tracing and no one knew sort of how other people were starting to get sick. There's only 15 cases in total. <laughs> well, well, well. So Look they locked who's down. dropped the fucking ball, right? So they Look, you down. clowns are going into lockdown now and while we're opening up everything in some states. Yep. You know, when you only have 5 million people, you tend to value life a little more. <laughs> so when, you know, when there's 340 million people, yeah, you know, we can lose a couple. We can lose 500,000. Here, losing 500,000 is 10%. Right? Sure is. Yep. So that's, that's 10% out. of your country if we lost 500,000. That's a lot of people to lose. So um, we locked it down again, which meant Auckland went to level three. And level three means you basically can't go anywhere you can order food and that's about it you're not allowed to go to work you're not allowed to go to any place really you're supposed to stay at home other than ordering food so because there's a good portion of hockey teams from auckland who are supposed to come to this tournament and everywhere else in the country went to level two which means we still could have gone but they canceled the tournament so the tournament will now be in october which is great it gives me time to get into forward shape because <laughs> i'm in defense shape right now not in forward shape I'm in good shape, just not uh, not cardio forward shape the way that I like to play forward playing hockey, right? I'm not one of those forwards that sits by the blue line and cherry picks. I'm I'm a two-way player all the way once you make me play up. Otherwise, I'm playing defense. I take a couple plays off. It's all good. I um I I if you want to talk about shape. I was uh I actually played defense on Thursday night during my skate. And uh I don't think I've ever worked harder on defense than I have that night. I was up against some some speed, some speed. Some yeah, it's tough when they're fast. <laughs> may or may not be fe- some may or may not be featured on some HGTV uh, networks, and uh, that guy may or may not be very fast and uh, and quite aggressive. Not in a bad way, but you which, know which which one of the property brothers did you play against? It's not a property brother. It's not a property brother. No, uh, I think I told let you. See, the guy. Let me see who else is there. Is there? There is. I don't even know if I got the network right. Yeah, I'm about to say because if it's not HGTV, because I know HD HGTV, HGTV, the Property Brothers, it's got um Bravo. What it's is it? Bravo. Love it. Okay, that's different. Bravo is a totally different ball game because I believe Bravo is where uh, 90 Day Fiance. No, 90 Day Fiance is on PLC. Yeah. Um, is is he part of Million Dollar Listing? Yes. Oh, look at that! That is the show in Bravo. Let me see if I can figure out which guy. Looking at this image of these three dudes, it's totally the dude to the right looks like a hockey player. Let me, I'm, I'm going to copy this image and send it to you. I, I want to see the, if I can tell this guy just look, he looks like hockey. The guy to the right. Guy to the right. Uh, are you, did you send me the picture? I sent you the picture. 
Okay, here we go. Because it's not the guy on the left. I just want to. So there's three guys in this million dollar listing promo image, right? There's one guy in the middle with a tie, with a suit and a tie. There's a guy to the left that's got like a button down shirt and it's kind of open. That guy does not look like a hockey player. Well, there's the guy to the multi- right looks like a good m- skater. There's multiple oh, million so it's not dollars. This guy either. I oh, it's a million I, dollar listing, in New York. Yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. New image, new image. Million dollar listing, in New York. I'm going to send you this image, and let me see if I can pick which guy. And the it thing is, is they they all look like hockey players in, this, in the <laughs> pictures I'm seeing. Is is it is it one of these guys from this picture? It's right, being sent. See. Pictures coming in. This is very fun for a listening audience who cannot see what we're looking at. Okay, send me a smaller picture next time because this yep. is, very- is is it one of those guys? Yes. Yeah. Is it the guy to the left? No. Oh, it's not the. It's got to be the guy in the middle then. Yes, I believe yeah, so. Okay, okay. Well, he got so a haircut. Guy in the right. He got a, he got a haircut at some point between that picture being taken and the uh, and the pandemic starting, okay. um, or between us starting to play together. But yeah, dude's uh, dude's quite good, quite fast, and, uh, and he, and he comes at you. He's York. like, yeah, he's like, and he's like a man on the edge, you know. Oh, look, look, looking at this haircut picture. Oh yeah, that dude's definitely a hockey player. <laughs> I mean, they all kind of except for the guy on the left. It's just the the, the old guy just looks like he's not skating. Yeah, but the guy, yeah, yeah, that him, guy. Uh, a guy, a guy who's played a few uh, minor league hockey games. Oh, totally. This guy looks like he's yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'll, I'll send you this picture from the Real Deal, which is New York Real Estate News, the Real Deal dot com. In that picture, he looks like a hockey player in the middle. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. It's Looking the hair. At this. It's always the hair. Oh, yeah. The, the big uh, poofy hair. Yes. It's the poofy hair. You put the helmet on it with the little visor. In a, well, this in has a the names on it, so channel. I can 100% confirm that it's him. But I can tell you the wavy hair is unfortunately not nowhere to be seen these days. Yeah. And his name is Stephen Gold. <laughs> That's a heck yeah. of a name for it's a one of, uh, one of my people. Agent. Good for one him. Of, one of the tribe. He looks, like, he looks like he can skate. If I looked at this guy, I'd say, oh, that guy's going to be trouble. He can skate. Yeah, the guy can skate. He skates like the wind, and he, uh, yeah. <laughs> and on D, let me tell you something. I mean, I'm small, so I, I get, I get after it. You know, you got to, you got to get in there. You got to get your licks in, and uh, yeah, I, I play them hard because there's no other way to do it. But it was like <laughs> him, another dude, like I said, who played in the minor leagues. Who I was going after another dude who was a friend of mine who likes to play aggressive on me. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, and then just a fat guy who sucks. But you know what? Other than that, it was. <laughs> It, other than him, it was like a, it was a team of guys that could move, and I was, you know, there were, there was a three D three man D rotation. One of the guys is solid, the other guy's not. So there there was some work to be done. Let me say that I was quite tired. I yeah. stepped off stepped off the ice, stepped on the scale, and I was uh, lighter than I've been in in a while. Can uh, can this guy help you find a place to a place to buy? Or is he not only doing million dollar listings? He's not going to do like half a million dollar listings. <laughs> you know, I try, I try, I try to leave work at work, right? Uh, okay, fair enough. I'm not going to ask him that. You don't ask that. Sure, you. I would. Why not? He's on like, a TV hey, show about a million dollar list. Hey man, help me buy, find a place to live. Yeah, something Look in my price up. range. Yeah, uh, that's chop not off, a million chop dollars. Off, chop off a zero, please. Yeah, <laughs> chop off half of the millions. <laughs> then let's talk. Yeah, just chop off a couple zeros, and uh, and we can we can talk about something. Yeah. God. Someone was saying in the locker room that uh that New York New York real estate is like not it is not going down at all and it's going up. Like Manhattan yeah, it's, real estate is going up. To. Yeah, it's probably No, he said it's been it's higher now than it was in uh before the So pandemic. it never dropped off then. Yeah. Saying. 
Yeah. Okay, rent hey, went well, look, down. Rich people got to have somewhere to store their cash, right? If you're trying to report a loss, you got to spend that money somewhere. Keeping your money in the bank right now in most places is useless. You can't even beat inflation with banks. So everyone is trying to put their money somewhere other than the bank because the banks are not. They're basically using your money as leverage. NFTs, man. Get that non-fungible token. Yeah. So look, before we go off too far track, because you cut in with hockey. So I didn't have the hockey Sorry. tournament this weekend. Yeah. The shame. other big thing that happened in New Zealand was there was an earthquake. Yeah. A lot of them. So this earthquake happened Friday morning, New Zealand time. So Thursday during was the day in the three States. Three earthquakes? So if you let me tell the story, I'll get there. My bad. Okay. Sorry. I'll shut up. So I'm notorious for not feeling earthquakes when I'm asleep. So this not, happened not at 2.30 in the morning. You yeah. just don't feel them. Like I'm not I, feeling I don't, I don't wake up. Right? Gotcha. So if there's an earthquake, unless it really falls and falls every everything falls into the ocean, I'm not going to feel it. So this happened at 2.30 in the morning. Big earthquake. Earthquake number one. And then there were two successive earthquakes that were stronger each time. I think the first one was like a 7.1. The second one was like a 7.6. And the final one was like an 8.1. So the funny thing about living in New Zealand is that nobody knows where you live in New Zealand. They just know you live in New Zealand. So I get messages saying, are you okay from the earthquake once I wake up? And I'm like, I don't even Where was the earthquake from? Oh, the earthquake was super far north. That, that's nowhere near me. <laughs> it's like nowhere near me. It's an eight-hour drive away from me. But because everyone goes to New Zealand, right? No, someone lives in New Zealand. How's, how's the earthquake? So we started getting, so I started getting messages like, hey, everything's fine. I didn't feel it. I was asleep. Nothing is broken. And then you come to see that there's tsunami warnings, right? That's when I jumped in. Yeah. And so when you think of a tsunami, I think of that movie with Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man was a kid. Tobey Maguire? No. Cider the House Rules. Spider-Man. The, new, the, oh. the newest Spider-Man. <laughs> I just wanted to say the Cider House Rules. It's yeah. What, what's close. his name? <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> Talking about... Uh, oh, not the, not the new one. Wait a minute. Are you yeah, English about- Spider-Man. He's new. The last two Spider-Man were Spider-Man British. now. Like yeah. today. If you Tom went to Holland. a 16 year old and said who's who's Spider-Man, it's this kid, right? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. So Tom Holland, one of his first movies was this was this tsunami movie about the tsunami in Thailand. Oh. Did you not see that movie? Oh, The Impossible? Is it The Impossible? Is that what it's called? It's <laughs> yes. A, it is you and McGregor also in it? Yes. Yeah, never seen it, but I know both of those things. How about that? Did not know Tom Holland was in it. But I know the poster. Yeah, he's in it. He plays a kid. He plays like one of the kids. I believe. Um, so there's two kids. He's one of them. And the kids get separated because of the tsunami. So like they're at a resort. And all of a sudden, this giant tsunami comes in. The 2014 Indian Ocean tsunami that like destroyed parts of like Indonesia. And yeah, so that's what I think of when I think of tsunami. That intro, that first like thirty minutes of that movie is terrifying because Naomi Watts is like watching this wave, and then she's like getting cut by stuff in the water as she's like being drifted away, and her kid is like gone. It's a mess. It's an awful movie to watch. Um, yeah, but that's okay, what you think of tsunami. Watch it. Yeah, that's what you think of tsunamis. It's a good movie, and but but that was from a nine point three earthquake, right? Like that underwater earthquake was huge, and I think that that had like what like 30 meter yeah th- i'm reading wikipedia now 30 meter swells that's 100 feet high waves <laughs> that's big so our tsunami was a tenth of that right it was three to ten meters was, was what they were saying and then everyone had to evacuate around areas around the coast and i live now further in even though everything in new zealand is by the coast 
So I didn't have to do anything. So I just got to watch people ask me if I was okay. And I am okay. And thankfully, nothing was really damaged and there was no major tsunami. I think there was one video I saw of a bit of a tsunami and it was like a little wave that came in. And that was it. It's like you call that a tsunami. Yeah. So, uh, like so yeah. So that, that, was wave the, uh, that was the week in New Zealand. There was a tsunami and uh, we're still trying to get rid of COVID because the vaccines are starting to come. So soon we will be vaccinated like everybody else. God, how did... How did this one uh, just slip under the radar of uh, cultural appropriation? It's like, oh, we got a, we're telling a story about the, you said it was in India? Indonesia. Like they were vacationing in Indonesia. They were vacationing. They have Indonesia people in the movie, but this is specifically about this family that goes on a Christmas holiday. Yeah. It goes on a Christmas holiday and then this tsunami happens and it's trying, the white people trying to find their way through a country where they can't speak the English and trying to find their kid. Like Tom Holland is walking around trying to find his mom. Um, because it's like, oh, I don't know if she's at the hospital. Um, and then yeah, like he was he was a kid. Like I don't Tom Holland had to be twelve during this movie. Twelve or thirteen. He was a child. Yeah. I mean, it's like it his first movie. It's nine years ago. Yeah, long time. And now Tom Holland is a man. <laughs> Spider Man. <Yep. laughs> Spider Man is gonna be Nathan Drake. In a in an interview, apparently he was saying how he doesn't think his performance as Nathan Drake is good. The movie doesn't come <laughs> out for a year, and he's saying, Yeah, I don't think I did it right. <laughs> Dude, he's a he's a bad choice for Nathan Drake. If you want my honest opinion, I don't think he he's looks a, good I mean, in the in the picture. Mark Wahlberg's in this movie as well. Yeah, he like, plays Sully. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's weird. I just don't think be he would have been a good. I just don't think Tom Holland was a good choice for this for Uncharted. But maybe maybe it'll be fine. Tom Holland's in too much stuff. I think we got well, too much Tom Spider Man in this. So like, what no, else? He's in he? uh, he's in Chaos Walking. Right? Is that the movie that just came out? Sure. Some, but like, some like young adult you adaptation. You're hot, you're he's hot, in a bunch right? of stuff. Yeah. When you're hot, you're hot. Sure. He's in the he's in the new Russo's brother movie, Cherry. Which I guess is yeah, fine. Again, when he's when you're hot, you're hot. He's what? He's not even is he even twenty two? Uh, he's not even twenty five. So yeah. He's, he's not even Paul Giamatti's age. Yeah, he's twenty four. He's half Paul yeah. Giamatti's age. <laughs> Less than that. Yeah, so he's a child. He'll be one of those guys who's young forever. Uh, maybe he's, yeah, maybe you never know. It depends on how hard he decides to live. I think he'll be fine though. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I mean, he survived child acting. Got this for now, you know, (laughs) so far we do, but you usually hear about that stuff later. Like when did you hear about Daniel Radcliffe's, uh, alcohol problem on Harry Potter films? You didn't hear about that until, well, well, you find out when they disappear, when they disappear from doing movies a bunch, right? Like you did it and then stopped during the movies. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you would have drank during Harry Potter as well. <laughs> it's like by the time you're at the fourth movie and you're like having to put up what am I doing with my life for that much time? You're like Jesus, yeah, it's a lot of just time. He- just hear J.K. Rowling going on these uh, transgender rants. You'd be like, God damn it, J.K. <laughs> we get it, we get it. Just keep yeah, it Tom down. Holland We're trying like, to shoot a movie here. Yeah, like Tom Holland was like a dancer and he's doing gymnastics. Like he's in great shape. So he's, you know, when you start that way, when you start as like a like a music theater kid and you're a dancer, you'll be fine. That's why he's Spider-Man. Yeah, look at Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he's great. Tom, Tom Holland hasn't sang anything yet, has he? He does sing, though. He sings. I'm surprised he hasn't yet. I'm sure. He, I mean, I'm sure if we look at his discography, he's been in some because he was like he was doing Billy Elliot and stuff. Oh. So. All right, fair enough. You think he's ever going to have a collaboration with Hugh Jackman? They got to. Hugh Jackman point, might. Right? He might get two. They better hurry up. Yeah, he was on stage 2008, 2010. Billy Elliot the musical. Oh, so if they when they make an Avengers musical, <laughs> I'd see it. 
Honestly, of course, of course you I'd would. You and it. you and everyone else that loves Marvel would see it. They'd go watch like to would to get Robert Downey Jr. singing about the tales of Iron Man. You'd totally watch that within twenty within ten years. I I bet we'll have no. I'll say yeah. Within ten years, we'll have some sort of musical either in theaters or at um, or on Disney Plus. Probably Disney Plus. The only reason why this wouldn't happen is because of the Spider Man stuff. Didn't someone die during that Broadway production? I didn't say on Broadway. But yes, I believe someone did die. <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely some injuries. Right, the music by Bono, Spider Man, Turn Off the Dark. What a shitty title. <laughs> Turn <laughs> off the dark. I think I was living in New York when that was going Ugh. on, and I think like yeah, someone died. They were like, oh, it was during practice, and this guy fell from a wire, so they had Yeesh. to put the production on hold. Somebody got Bret Harded. Yikes! How's that for a reference? That's nineties, early two thousands. Early two thousands, I believe. Anyway, uh, anything else happening in uh, in the land of COVID now? No, that's that, a, that's, that's about what you guys it. Are doing There's now. there is no COVID anymore. We're back out of lockdown. So what are you talking about? Auckland's out of lockdown. I thought they're back in lockdown. No, they're it's out. Only been just, a week. You, if you were listening, today was the last day of yesterday was the last day of lockdown. Oh, I thought it was only week. phase three though. You don't go gradually back. No, they go. They went to phase two, and we're back at one. We've always been at level one. Level one is the borders aren't open, which is what America is at all times. <laughs> so no, you can come in. Can you? I can come yeah. in as a citizen, sure, but I think we're letting people in. I mean, Joe, do I, might do I need to self isolate or do I just hop skip you out of the airport? Just, just come in, come on over, man. Yeah, <laughs> just come in. Hey, we're all going to be vaccinated sooner or later. Anyway, it's just by end of May, everyone can be vaccinated. Is any, that what any adult, May. any adult who wants to be vaccinated can be vaccinated by the by end, end of, of May. May. They'll have the supply. Which which yeah. vaccine do you get to choose? Which one you take? Yeah, in some cases you choose, in others you just show up and they give you one. Uh, but yeah, the, the J and one J shot, two shots, three shots. I'll take whatever they give me. Uh, J and J sounds nice because it's just one shot, and I don't, I don't really care. Like I said, I'm still walking into needles, hoping one of them, uh, one of them is the vaccine, and just suffering the consequences of anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, the the uh, most exciting thing happening in my life besides confidential stuff that I can't talk about is I got a waffle iron. So waffles are about to happen. They'll have, they, it just showed up today. Just start waffling some shit tomorrow. We'll report back next week. Okay. Get excited. Turns out if you want to make a pancake batter into a waffle batter, got to add uh, two tablespoons of, uh, of cooking oil. Yeah. Otherwise bam. it sticks, right? Uh, yeah, I guess it helps crisp up the edges. Yeah, I'm not a scientist. I think one of the worst tasks is trying to clean a, is trying to clean off a waffle iron where your batter is stuck. Yeah. This is ceramic. Shouldn't have those problems. Okay. Ceramic waffle iron. Well, I'll report back next week. Going to try to make my matcha mochi pancake that the award winning patented patent pending Macho mochi pancake recipe. Gonna try to make some waffles out of that. See how it goes. Cool. Quite excited. Anyway, let's move. Uh, we've got some news. Got some choices. So I picked out two, and then the other one is just kind of this generic. Uh, so we'll talk about this. So I got uh, hotels, PlayStation, not. A media therapy one. Trust me, this one's worse. <laughs> this one's worth talking about. And then just a general conversation about who's getting canceled this week, because a lot of people are getting canceled. 
Let's save the canceling to the last. What was the first one? Hotels. Let's just go in order. Hotels, PlayStation, canceled. Cancellation. Sounds good. I'm going to refresh this page because it's completely fucked everything with the ads and we're fixed. Reading from New York Post because, as always, brevity. First ever space hotel slated to be operational by 2027. An out-of-this-world hotel is just a few years away from becoming a reality. The decade will see the start and completion of construction on humanity's first hotel in outer space, according to the group behind it, Orbital Assembly. The three-year-old company plans to begin building Voyager Station building Voyager Station in low Earth orbit in 2025 and believes its interstellar resort may be operational as soon as 2027, the Daily Mail reported. Renderings of the Celestial Hotel are cosmic chic. Individual pods are attached to a rotating wheel with tubes connecting the different areas forming an X, similar to the wheel's spokes. I will send you this article so you can see the picture of this space hotel. Guests won't be paying only for the novelty of the setting. There will be a slew of onboard amenities, including themed restaurants, a a health spa, a cinema, gyms, libraries, concert venues, earth viewing lounges and bars, in addition to rooms for 400 people. Necessities, including crew quarters, air, water and power will also take up a portion of the space facility. I would hope so. If you got to that would be the spirit the spirit hotel is you'd have to pay for air and water and power while you're on the space station. <laughs> Orbital Assembly hopes to also sell portions of the hotel to permanent stakeholders including government agencies looking to use the site as a training center of, or landlords looking to create a villa aboard the craft. Hmm. It will reportedly circle the globe every 90 minutes, and the circle's rotation will generate artificial gravity similar to that on the moon. No construction costs have been revealed. Uh, a fuck ton is probably the estimated cost. Quote, this will be the next industrial revolution, end quote, said John Blinkow, the, rent, the founder of Gateway Foundation, which will run some yeah, which will run some of the Voyager's pods, according to the Daily Mail. The rotation aspect is vital, he added. Without gravity, people cannot viably be on a space station for a prolonged time. Orbital aims to make multi, multi-month stays on the Voyager a possibility. Quote, people need gravity so their bodies won't fall apart. And quote, Clint Cow explained. Good to know. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, John. A robot by the name of Star... Structure Trust Assembly Robot is set to build the Voyager's frame in orbit once the company completes some gravity-related testing. So, what are your thoughts on this space hotel? Uh, one, it's never going to happen. What? It's Say it's going to happen in six years. It's not going to happen. Well, it's not gonna they don't happen. have to go by the zoning laws as in outer space. Sure, sure. Um, I guess my question is, why would you not prove to me that you can build something like this on Earth very high in the sky? But I guess that's the thing, right? It's the gravitational pull of the Earth makes it easier to keep this thing up. What do you mean build something having... like this really high in the sky? What are you talking about? Like well, that's what I'm elevator? saying. Like, like you can't even, we can't even build crap like that here. How are you going to build this in space? Well, I don't know, man. There's some, there's some, I mean, look at the, what is that thing called? The, the thing in, um, in Dubai. Hell, look at every building in Dubai. They built all that stuff here. I guess. I I just don't want to be the first on it. 
So I mean, you got the you got the International Space Station. They could build space stuff, you know, space space. Yeah, but you've also got to be highly qualified to get there. True. (laughs) Like you can't just show up. Well, like, maybe, maybe. hey, if you're a real estate mogul, come buy a place. Like, who's gonna? Yeah, stay but it's in also these it's also not designed to be something you could just show up to. If the if the actual design has this thing, what in you the mean? Air. Space isn't designed for us to just show up to. I agree. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, but I mean the space, the International Space Station is not built to accommodate tourists. Where if this thing is built to accommodate tourists in mind, then you would have then that would make more sense. My my first thing, my first thought while reading this is if you don't call this thing flossed in paradise, you are missing out on a huge opportunity. All right. Did I did I read this story just so I could make that joke? I maybe. We'll, we'll call it like 30% of it. <laughs> Again, I'm just not I'm personally not as enamored with space as I am with what's underneath the ocean. Yeah. So you'd go right? to the like, I just I'm not a big space. Space is cool. But I would much rather stay at a hotel at the bottom of the ocean in some depths that we've never been to before. Because the ocean is hotels. way more terrifying than space to me. It just is. And that's here. Right? Like, I can I could walk 10 minutes away and go literally, like, that's the ocean. There's a whole world down there that only Aquaman knows about. <laughs> yeah. That's true. They had a war well, down there, Aquaman for God's sakes, on Aquaman. And his buddies. Yeah. Don't yeah, forget the ocean Ryan master. Sharks. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. But and, th- that's uh, my point. Amber that's stuff. That stuff to me is more interesting as of late than space is because this kind of looks dumb. And what you rotate around the Earth every ninety minutes—that's really quick. That means you're that moving. is that is really fast. Well, I'm trying to think. How? Yeah, that's quick. It's quick. It's very quick. But you wouldn't you wouldn't feel it if it's steady. Then you wouldn't feel it. No. I so how it, long? Like so. What my question is: How? I guess there's a ship that takes you up there. Like how long is your stay? Like, is there constantly someone traveling back and forth from this hotel to the station? Right? Like, are you going to be able to do, like, excursions back to Earth? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you could, you well, you'd go there, then you come back. But you can, yeah. No, that's you, my you point. Is like, what want. if, like, but yeah, but that's my point, though. Is there, like, a daily shuttle? So, like, when I check out, what happens? Yeah, that's, that's the question, right? Yeah. How do they, you'd imagine. But to keep going up and down, like they still got to figure out the rocket technology. Like I think a SpaceX rocket just exploded. Well, no, that's um, the rocket that they keep trying to have land on its fins. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you you need to have the most efficient way of going up and down constantly. Yeah, that's and that's that's a big endeavor as it is, right? Like actually getting to space is a big. It requires countdowns in Houston. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not like just getting in a taxi or getting in an airplane. Well, the, it's a big deal. The best, the best way to do it would be that, right? How how high in orbit is this thing? But yeah, you'll have to do something like that. It's not it's not an easy trip, one would imagine. They to put a bunch of people in a rocket ship and be like, all right, here now you're going up. To the, you're going up. To and the how space do you make hotel. sure that you don't hit space junk? <laughs> space junk. Uh, space junk. Yeah, there is. Uh, I don't know lasers. You just like shoot it out of the way. Wow, this project's getting more and more expensive for seven years. <laughs> I don't think that's really what they're doing. I Six mean, there's a whole years. bunch of satellites that, that orbit around that don't hit shit. I guess yeah. People, I mean, the if fact you're, that you need lounges orbit, and bars and spas, like you're going to have to have people going back and forth. That's to this the thing weird. All the so time. the weirdest thing about this is when they talk about the amenities, which is themed restaurant, health spa, cinema, gyms, libraries, concert venues, earth viewing lounges and bars. Only one of those things can't be achieved on earth yeah why would you go here 
for any of those you things. You just do this from home. You just do it's this like, on earth, on the it's land. It's like going to a foreign country and only eating McDonald's, right? And, and I mean, the amount of the amount and of stay, money and watching to, to and going to movies. Well. Like the amount of money you need to do this, you could probably have a private island somewhere in the middle of the Pacific with one of those fancy cabanas and a little outdoor pool where you can dive into and a dolphin comes up and gives you breakfast every morning. Like you could probably go to one of those islands. <laughs> that exists? Versus going to space. I mean, it's with got the, to, With right? the breakfast those, dolphin? Yeah, yeah. You got to go to those islands and those things, you know, octopus are giving you eight course meals. Like it's I get just it. life. I see what you did there. That sounds cool. Let's check that out. I got to look into that because I didn't know. I didn't know that was real. But now that's real. Let's check it out. I like the idea. I like the idea of the of the space hotel. Um, just seems like they're not they're not doing a good job of selling it. It's really ambitious. I I would like to know all the logistics of how this thing gets built, because like who what do they own? You would imagine like this is a gambler's paradise. It's also the perfect setting for every horror, every sci fi horror movie imaginable. It's like money plane, right? Like if you have a casino on here, it's like yeah. Like what rules <laughs> they follow? We've got to hijack the. We've got to hijack the space hotel. You have yeah. You have maritime. You have maritime law, right? When you that's why the cruises can have uh, they can have gambling once they leave a certain once they get a certain distance from shore. But if you don't have that, but if you're in space, like there's no laws, right? Who controls space? Not yet. We obviously own the moon. We put the flag there. <laughs> But this is we somewhere been between. Back since. We don't go back to the moon anymore. I wonder why. Because it was a hoax. Yeah. Or, or somebody was killed up there and they're hiding the evidence. That's true. Uh, have you ever seen, uh, what was that movie with the Nazis on the on the moon? Um, what was it? Iron. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. But Iron I don't Sky. Iron Sky. Is that what it was called? Yep. Did I nail that or what? Yep. Iron Sky. That's the movie. The Nazis on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> there are Nazis on the dark side of the moon. Um, and they had like a Sarah Palin type as a president. Oh, simpler times, 2012. Also, they made uh, the, one of the, have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. One of the core premises is they, is they make a black dude white, like a guy, like the, the crew that goes to the moon discovers the Nazis. They capture them and they're, and because they, they, one of the guys they captured was a black guy, he's like the main character of the movie. They make him white yeah. <laughs> because they're Nazis. <laughs> yeah, as you do when you're trying to be evil, you just do those types of things. Yeah. Yep. Makes perfect sense. So anyway, uh, I'm interested. By the way, how long do you do you know how long it takes? It's, it's actually pretty obvious. But the moon. Do you know how many uh, days it takes for the moon to go around the the uh, the Earth? Because it takes 365 days for the Earth to go around the sun. And the moon, I believe, is, right? It's like 28 days or something like that. 27 like days. Very 27 close. days, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this thing is flying if it's going around in 90 minutes. Good Lord. Very quick. Very quick. Landing <laughs> on this thing. I mean, now, now I'm just thinking about the logistics of landing on this thing. Yeah, which is the terrifying part. Because the first couple, there's going to be something that blows minutes? up going up there. That's... 90 yeah. minutes and okay. you got to catch this thing every 90 minutes from wherever you're launching this from Holy and you shit. only launch from one spot do you, does everyone have to travel to the u.s to fly or do you have to travel to some unknown off you know uncharted territories where they built this thing like is it fire island do i have to go like go to the fire to fire island or whatever fire festival island <laughs> and uh and get my ship from there like it seems awful what happens if you miss your flight 
like so many logistical things that we can't even do with regular vacations. How are you going to do this with a space vacation? I don't know. Now, I mean, I'm thinking about the speed, 90 minutes as things go around the planet. Think about, think about how far you drive, how far you could drive a hundred miles per hour and how fast that feels. Yeah. Now imagine this thing is going about like a thousand times faster than that. And when you're landing to your point, when you're, when you're landing a ship on this thing, you actually have to match that speed just to attach. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't see this happening. No, it doesn't like, <laughs> no, especially, especially problem. not, especially not the way they're talking about this. I can't, I can't fathom this it, thing. And going you'd have to fast. build a lot of this up there in space. Well, how fast? All right, hang on. Let me, let me look. Uh, how long does it take for the ISS to orbit Earth? Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Here we go. The I because the ISS orbits in ninety three minutes, so we're wrong about that. Yeah, that's the International Space Station, though, and they're going to beat that I know. time. Well, sure. Like you could have said, it's going to take us like two hours. Or sorry, it's going to take us like three hours. And everyone still would have been like, "Oh, that's pretty quick. That's pretty cool." No, now that I see this, now that I know that's how the ISS works. All right, so if you're in a similar similar orbit of that, I think it's doable. I think we're going to do it. Look, we're see it. I, I, if you want me to come up with a with an imaginary vacation, I'd much rather right. The Mariana Trench is 125 miles, or however deep it is. Right, it's it's more deeper than that. I think it's like a thousand miles deep or fifteen hundred miles deep. I'd that's much rather are. you get me where I can stay somewhere, you know. 100 miles underneath the ocean. Give me that hotel first. It's too much pressure. It's like the opposite problem. Again, figure that out because there's there's pressure and gravity issues in space as well. Like, let's but figure out what's not, here on Earth first. There's also not monsters down there. You, you mean in space, there's not monsters? As far as we know. Yeah, that, that's exactly. As far as I mean, we not, know, there's not, not in, monsters not in underneath orbit. the ocean as well. Well, you no, we got sharks. Those are monsters. No, they're not. Sharks are friendly. Sharks are thing. They're like giant fish with like razor sharp teeth. They bite people. Like they've proven to bite people. <laughs> it's been proven. They bite people. Yeah, they they bite people. <laughs> yeah, but I'd much rather be down there in a hotel than in space. Just great. Uh, great David Brenner joke. Rest in peace. Was uh, sharks don't kill you. They they just bite you and run away. Scientists don't know why. But I do, because when they bite you, you shit your pants. Yeah, or they bite you and they realize that you don't taste very good. That's true. But again, we've talked about the how, how good a human would taste. and Yeah, probably, probably depend, yeah, yeah. depending well, on what, you, actually, depending on what you get a bite at. I actually come back to that because I've watched i been watching a lot of movies. And so there's a movie that oh, there was, there's, there's human eating brought up and we can talk about it. Wonderful. Can't wait. Like how we get if we do talk about cannibalism a lot more on this podcast than you know it's an expect. interesting topic to me. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Oh, it's not because right. it's not because I've got any interest in it. It just makes me wonder why. <laughs> yeah, we never we never even talked about Army Hammer. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about him at all. But yeah, like again, well, cannibalism when we talk always... about canceling, we could we could throw that in the mix. Okay, yeah, because right. he was on that list. Yeah. All right, um, let's move on then. Reading from, so talk about PlayStation, going to talk, reading from Polygon, Sony's latest patent application, a banana PlayStation controller. I'm going to send you this picture. (laughs) It's literally 
the the picture in the patent sounds exactly what you're talking about. No, it's not the six axis boomerang either. That's a throwback to the first PlayStation three reveal. Sony interactive entertainment has filed a patent application to use a banana for the PlayStation controller. We know what you're thinking, but it's not this thing. And then it pictures the prototype boomerang controller for the that. PlayStation three reveal. Yeah. Everybody freaked out. And then they quickly threw together the six axis, which was what do you mean also quickly crappy. threw together the six axis. They took the They took the controller from the last PlayStation and modified it a bit. <laughs> was I it. Say, it didn't even have rumble in it. Look, I, I give PlayStation credit because the fact that their controllers have pretty much been the same for the last 20 years, I find extremely endearing, personally. Not the DualShock. I mean, the DualSense. DualSense. Like, they're generally all the same. Like, you can look at a PlayStation controller and go, oh, that's a PlayStation controller. Yeah. Nintendo? Ah! Gone a couple different directions. Oh, yeah. Some good, some not good. Yep. Xbox, they're very big, and I believe they've probably gotten a little smaller. But only the big. Duke. Only the Duke was big. And once the uh, 360, came, I mean, they had the controller S, which was great. That was the revision. Then the 360 controller. They they've kind of stayed steady with that. Iterated on that, but the 360 controller was amazing. But but it took them a while. Uh, but they got there eventually. It took them a while. I guess. I guess. I mean, only five years from the from the Xbox to the to the 360. And then they had uh, then they had the iteration with the S in between. So not that long. I think you give them too much shit. Long enough. Fair enough. The patent spied by GameIndustry.biz on Tuesday is actually for a method that turns a non-luminous passive object being held by a user into a controller, recognizing virtual buttons location on it with a banana used as the illustrated example. Sony's idea would conceivably work with anything in the user's hands, whether a coffee mug, a book, a package of cold cuts, or a tube of Preparation H. That's very specific. Yeah, very specific. You think this author just kind of like looked around, and just listed things his that house. they saw with an ear, with an eye oh, shot, be like, book. oh, yeah, yeah. package of cold cuts on his desk because he's working from home, and he's scratching his ass. Preparation H. There you go. Quote: It would be desirable if a user could use an inexpensive, simple, and non-electronic device as a video game peripheral. Peripheral. End quote. Says the patent application. In the example Sony provides, players could grasp one or two bananas, oranges, or other inanimate objects and move them about, effectively using them as one or two analog sticks. In another illustration, virtual buttons are mapped onto a banana, which suggests a virtual reality headset might be involved too. This is this all sounds like something that Dylan Rudism Beck would just love. I don't know what that means. Oh, then they explain. He's the Twitch streamer who plays games wrong with uh, using silly objects or costumes as the controller. In fact, Rudism literally played Overwatch using a dozen bananas. Was this Still, the dude that played Hades with a pomegranate? Y- yeah, he might be. Same guy? Because I remember I, I saw that and I was like, well, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that. Hades pomegranate. Let's see who that was. It's probably this dude, isn't it? Uh, let's see. Hades or this was done. No, this was different guy. Different nerd. Yeah, different guy. Oh, no, it is. Different nerd. It is. Same guy. Same nerd. Same nerd. Of course it is. He's got a stick now. Yeah. And so and then Sony's like, yeah, we could just patent that. Yeah. So now you can't use it. Got to pay us money. (laughs) Yeah. Still, it's important to remember that this is a patent application, which doesn't mean there there's a finished product or even plans for one. Yeah. It's just people filing patents for random things. Because, yeah, the patent industry apparently is a giant issue. The way people issue patents, apparently it's very, it's like it's a, it's rife with corruption. 
like I, I'm trying to remember, there was some podcast I listened to where like one person owns some absurd amount of patents. They own like 60% of the patents or some number like that. Again, I'm making that number up, but it's really high. And you're like, wait. And it's like, they sort of go through of like, how does this one person have all these patents? And then if you look at the patents, it's like nonsense. It's stuff like this. Like, oh, it's a patent for what if I put, you know, something that can be used on an inanimate object as a, you know, here's a banana for an example. And then if someone does anything with this, this person with this really obscure patent comes out of the woodwork and sues them. My uh, my assistant captain on the Badgers is a prolific patent lawyer. I've asked him to come on the podcast. He won't do it. He's doing well, isn't he? he I know you're talking well. about. He's doing very well, doesn't he? Yeah. Yep. Sure does. So can we bring he, him on just to uh, lambast his profession? <laughs> no, he said, well, he, he's. I, I love the dude. Really nice guy. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not appointing. Yeah, any, he's, very any old, nice. he's one of the nicest old, people I've ever played hockey with. Yeah, I'm not appointing any any old assholes to, uh, you know, to be my assistant captain. All right. You got to <laughs> earn it. All right. Whatever. You know, <laughs> everybody makes mistakes with Navarro. OK, it's fine. <laughs> Just kidding. I think he listens to this. So that, that was for you. Buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. uh I don't know where I was going. Yeah, he was because John Oliver did this thing about um, about patents and what you're talking about and like frivolous patent lawsuits and all these things. And and he actually watched it. And he's like, yeah, he he didn't really get a lot of it right. There's more to it than that. I'm like, all right, fair enough. It's like people have technology; they could they could patent it and then they they get it. I mean, there's probably some frivolous stuff that people go after all the time. But if you if you ideate on it and you do it, then it's yours, right? Yeah, but it's just patents for like really basic things. Like I'm trying to remember, it was like patent for like a pocket, right? Like something silly as that of like, well, if you add three stitches instead of two stitches, that's my type of pocket. And it's like really things that shouldn't be you shouldn't be able to make patents of. And again, of course, I don't know anything what I'm talking about. I'm not a patent lawyer. I think Nintendo patented the D-pad. That's why I mean, it's Sony's stuff that's really, directional pad yes. doesn't have and is not an actual cross. And uh, yeah, so I think, God, there's other things. I think someone tried to patent, like when you pull to reload a page, you know how like you could pull down and it refreshes a page on uh, iOS? I think yes. um, yeah, I think like Apple has that, that patent. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Again, if you ask, like me personally, a lot of this hate for patent stuff comes from me being a very heavy supporter of open source things. Um, the idea of open source is what has allowed us to get really awesome stuff for people not being greedy. Even things like vaccines, you could argue, sure, it's not called open source, but it is sort of this public domain of we did something that's for the good of everyone. We're not here just to make a bunch of money off of it. Like the guy that has bought the rights to, was it the EpiPen? That clown, what is his name? Screlly, whatever that dude's name was. Oh, now he's in the prison. pharma bro, pharma bro. Yes, but like it's the same thing. I know it's not patents. There's a different name for it probably medically, but people who buy the rights for these things and then hike up the price instead of being like, why is an EpiPen owned? Why is the technology of an EpiPen owned by one guy? That should be that should belong to everybody and everyone should be able to benefit from something so simple. And so there's a lot of things like that in technology that for me shouldn't be patentable. Like the idea of open source for a lot of this stuff because it makes your systems better. It makes it more uniform. It makes it more accessible for people who have disabilities, all those types of things. And then you have these clowns that come in here and patent stuff and then sue the holy hell out of anyone that decides to, to you know, elaborate on that idea. Because some of these ideas aren't really original. They're just real basic. 
It's like, okay, yeah, you add a controller to an inanimate object. I don't think so. I don't think there's some mastermind at Sony who came up with this idea that is warranted of this giant corporation owning a patent for now. When I make a virtual keyboard, they can say, oh, well, because you used a triangle or you used an X, rather. That's probably a better analogy. You used an X as one of your, or a cross. That belongs to us. Because look, it's in our patent with the banana. And it's like, well, that's dumb. And that's what kind of sucks. That's what I don't like. Yeah, I think I, it should have some sort of proof, right? But you would imagine that th- there could be some interesting applications for this, especially like for um, if you think about accessibility controllers, like if you could make anything really work as a controller, you could potentially make your own custom setup and apply that to any any controllers you want. Makes like it easier to throw the controller. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, you just yeah, you you assign all the controls to like a koosh ball. So when you throw it, it's just like oh, it just bounced. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you throw a if you throw a piece of fruit and it breaks, you just go get another controller, right? Yeah, I think you'd also have some cool applications in VR, like when I don't know what the you know make a well, great you can make coffee. Out of anything, right? You can you can grab yeah. a, a a PVC pipe and make it a controller. Exactly. Right? That's the cool thing. It doesn't like a banana obviously is probably a joke on like a banana for scale of what we're doing. But if you actually, you know, whatever, you get a P- PVC pipe or a hockey stick, right? You make control out of a hockey stick when you're playing a hockey game. It's that type of stuff, I guess. Yeah. Cause if you can make it have like motion properties, then VR could, could work really well. You know, you got your PVC pipe, you could have uh you could have a first person version of condemned criminal origins from the Xbox 360 launch. Uh, huh we're like swinging yeah, away at your own uh, at AR-15 raging to a Call of Duty game. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you sure you sure can. There's another there's another possibility. Map X to the trigger. <laughs> or sorry, map the trigger to the trigger. <laughs> the R you button. Could, you could apply this to I'm surprised nobody brought up sex dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Or toys as well. Anything you want, anything you want can anything be a controller. This guy went to preparation age. I'm yeah. think you can think of all other sort of things. Could you, you use your own arm, right? It just has to be. It, it can't be trans. You, you know, it's got to be opaque. You can't be able to see through it. So, could you just use your arm? I guess you can do like uh, what is it? Um, I guess Mega Man would be the best analogy for that. Sure. Um, where you can just sort of make it on your fist. You can just sort of move your hand like you're firing a weapon. Yeah. yeah. A lot of options. A lot of options. You could just do all the gestures that I mean, if they're if they're gonna have some sort of hand tracking, that's one way to do it. Like the, that's already uh, coming with VR stuff. Yeah, Quest already does that in beta where it uses the cameras on the outside to track to track your hands. Does it work? Meh, kinda. Also, yeah, I mean the biggest there, problem, right? the biggest disconnect between using your hands as they are is that there's no there's no friction or resistance. So everything's cool until you actually have to touch something in the game and then like grab this thing and you can't actually grab it because you're just going to go through it and make a fist. Right. You know, you're you're missing a certain level of uh of uh feedback. Like if you had like the knuckles controller for the uh, index, I think that's one of the biggest things is it has these haptics in it. So it feels like you're actually you can actually grab things. Yeah, it's like the law of force, right? Like equal and opposite reaction. If you touch an apple, it's going to resist the fact that you're touching that apple. You can't just go all the way through it unless you really apply force to it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but it's cool. But yeah, does this need to be patented? I guess that's my problem of like, well, this is stupid. If I was a patent 
lawyer or someone who's who has had to review a patent, I would have said, well, this is dumb. This isn't patentable. Sorry. Come back <laughs> when you actually have a device that I can patent. But Stupid. if you have the mechanism of doing it and then you and then that is it's a hand holding a yeah. banana. And again, I'm, let's let's go to the actual patent application. Right. I'm here. U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Uh, so this is a system for generating video game inputs is provided. The system compromises a, an input unit operable to obtain images of a passive non-luminous object being held by a user as a video games controller. The system also comprises an object detector, an object pose detector for detecting the object and its respective pose in the obtained images. The sentence I just read was nonsense. I'm going to read that again. The system also comprises of an object detector, an object pose detector for detecting the object and its respective pose in an in the obtained images. It's nonsense. They use the word detector and detecting three times. It's nonsense. Yeah. The pose well, detector is I'm configured not, to detect pretend. the pose hey, of the right. object based right. on it's nonsense. Nope. This a patent is it's crap. It's a crap patent. Yeah, then they give but, uh then they go through a list of like 142 points. Of, yeah, it's like, nonsense. So they they works. paid they paid someone like this guy on our hockey team a lot of money. He probably got, you know, 50 grand from Sony to write up this nonsense. <laughs> No, he doesn't write it. He just I think he just goes after people who infringe. Well, there you go. Well, someone else, a patent light writer or defend or defend or defend accused infringement <laughs> or if, or yeah, this nonsense. And again, both, this is someone this is the inventor is two guys from London and it's assigned from Tokyo, Japan, Sony Interactive for US Patent and Trademark Office. So it's a US patent. <laughs> That's by two English guys for a company that's located in Japan. <laughs> so it's nonsense. But the idea is cool. But why does it need to be patented? I would throw this out personally. So. Wow. Well, I think I think you need to see it working. Like, what about once it's working? If they applied and it worked. Cool, like, but cool? it doesn't need to be a patent is my point. Why, isn't, why, why do we need a patent for this? What are you patenting? You're patenting the detection of a detector that detects. You're you're patenting the ability to effectively turn any inanimate object into a controller. But does that need to be patented? I feel like that's an idea that could exist does at it any need moment to be? when you no. actually have a device that works that you can show me what makes it proprietary and patentable, then cool. But then that would apply to anything. Well, that's my point, is that a lot of things don't need to be patented. <laughs> it's like, why is this patented? Because capitalism, that's why. Exactly. So there you go. Done. <laughs> All right, cool. Next. <laughs> Let's talk about... Uh, Who's getting canceled? And uh, why don't you why don't you take this I one? Think, and, and I think go the real the question list. is who's not getting canceled, right? That's the real yeah. question of who's not getting canceled. So this week's cancellations, right? I'm gonna do this off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. We can go one by one. So you want to talk about Army Hammer first? <laughs> we can start there. That's that not this old week because that that was a little no, old. that's yeah. old. But let's start with that, right? Ar- Army Hammer has been canceled. Um, he's got a new movie that actually came out. That people are like, oh, this is what well, we should we support. I think it's called Crisis. Um, yeah. It's about a guy. But who... yeah, he's got some new movie out that everyone's like, well, maybe we should stop supporting Army Hammer. And Army Hammer's a weird dude anyways, because he's kind of a nobody, but he's not. He's got a real memorable name. It's a cool name. Like, yeah, you look at him. He's a he's like, if if I was going to draw a white guy, I'd draw Army Hammer. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a stripper name. Army Hammer is just it sounds like a fake name, right? Like if you were if you were a male stripper or a or a porn star, Army Hammer is a pretty good one. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna read this from Variety. I found an article and I'm gonna read this, right? If you don't know, Army Hammer's Hollywood career is in free fall as sex scandal explodes on social media, because where else is it gonna explode? The new year kicked off with what will likely be the most bizarre celebrity story of 2021. Army Hammer, 
the genetically blessed movie star of Call Me By Your Name and the Jesus social network what? fame. Yeah, what the hell was that? That was written and by heir, a, that was in an article. <laughs> yes. An heir to the Hammer family oil fortune. I did not know that. Wow. He became he began trending online for being a cannibal. Allegedly. <laughs> and again, if you were gonna build a, a cannibal, Army Hammer's a great name for a cannibal. Maybe. So this article says Army Hammer is not a cannibal. I'm going to leave that out because we don't know. And yet, weeks later, questions still swirl about Hammer's personal life amid social media accusations. And after he dropped out of two high-profile projects, which Variety hears from multiple well-placed sources, he was asked to leave. It's not clear if his career can or will recover. Unverified messages have been blasted across social media, reportedly showing Hammer chatting with several women in explicit conversations displaying his fetishes, where he allegedly expresses his sexual appetite to drink blood, cut toes, and enslave sex partners. The messages, allegedly sent by Hammer, describe rape fantasies. One of Hammer's extras told a tabloid the actor wanted to barbecue and eat her rib. Mm-hmm. So I'm read that again. One of Hammer's exes told a tabloid <laughs> the actor wanted to barbecue and eat her rib. Another ex said in a media interview that he carved his initial onto her skin on her pelvis, engaging in knife play in the bedroom. Beneath the salacious accusations. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You want me to read that one again? (laughs) No, no, no. I just, what is knife play? I I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's playing with a knife. (laughs) I'm not going to Google that to find out. So I will. I'm not. Why not? Because I don't want to. Let's see. Knife play. Nope. Not going to, not doing that. I'm sure there's a there's a you know it's stabbing a kink. That's so it's called picurism. From the French picure to prick is a sexual interest in penetrating the skin of another person with sharp objects such as pins, razors, and knives. Yeah. Sometimes it's serious enough to cause extreme injuries or even death. Yeah, you don't say. Wow. <laughs> so it's a form of sadism? Sadism? Sadism. 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 Yeah, yeah. sorry. Took me a minute. What is blade play? So there's blade play. Oh no! Uh, so blade play nice. is the use of uh, of dismemberment. It may so cause what? injury and death. Okay, here we go. So someone from Quora, Quora, Quora dot com, Q U O R A, Quora, yeah, a lot of Q and A. Yep. Yeah, it's like the it's like yeah, you get the, some uh, coding answers on that too. Yeah, so it said uh, it may contain sensitive images. So, oh god, thank someone god said, what Google type it. of things do you say during knife play? This is Christopher. Oh, Jesus. And it is. I find that talking about literally anything is best. Sure. I should be focused on what I'm doing. The idea that the mind is elsewhere is terrifying. What? Okay. Let's see. I don't know. This guy's a little weird. Talk about Um, anything. So here you go. This guy says usually nothing. The point of knife play is to make the partner feel afraid, not to hurt her. And that's real assumption. Assumptious of you that it's her. It could be him. So when I use my beautiful dagger, I do not speak. Knife play happens in the head of my what? victim, so I have to simulate her fantasy. Oh, I need to behave a little crazy. No. Not talking yeah. can increase this fact. I need to make her insecure. So then, even a, even a small sensation of cold steel against her skin will be amplified by her expectations. Or eventually, I help it a little. Oh, what if I put your nipple around the point of the dagger? Do you think that will break the skin or not? You do not say things during knife play. You remain silent, but you communicate through your body, your look, your movements. That is what makes the spirit of knife play in my partner's head. I hate it. So another guy, I'll read the last one. Usually I don't talk much. I'm focused on what I'm doing. The way the knife is touching my partner and how they're reacting to it. Their eyes widening, pupils changing, the little gas, the tensions, the twitches. Sometimes I find myself asking questions. Is it sharp? Cold? 
Can you feel the edge when I press it into you? Does it hurt yet? Are you afraid? Or I may reassure them, no, you're not bleeding. I haven't actually cut you. Relax. I'm in control. I won't go any further than I intend to. Yes, phrasing is intentional, a bit creepy. It's part of the scene. It depends on who I'm doing it with and the relationship I have with them and how into knife play they are and their specific kinks and enjoyments as such. Oh so there you go. God. You asked, you How received. into knife play are they? Which implies that someone might not be into it, might just be knife play curious. I feel like that's one of those things that you need enthusiastic consent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put need, it out there. You need there. that in writing. You need that in yes. writing. There is <laughs> no, that in- there is nothing short of writing that I am, that you're going to do knife play with somebody. Jesus. Cool. So, I mean, this? I guess this is the, I guess this is the question is right. So then I'll keep reading. Sorry. Back to army hammer article beneath the salacious accusations, which have turned into a media spectacle. The women say hammer's sexual proclivities are being used as a smokescreen and they are accusing him of emotional abuse, manipulation, and coercion. So he has not spoke to the veracity of the messages and his inner circle disputes any claims of abuse. So of course this goes into, Hey, yet still in 2021, you know, this is going to stay in his career and the stories perpetuating the media are misguiding attempts. Once out of narrative, yada, yada, yada. So anyways, um, yeah, like that's one of those things where has he been convicted of a crime? No. Is what he has, has been accused of super creepy. Yes. But in other circles, is it maybe not creepy? Maybe his lack of consent to ask women about this and doing it in a very creepy way is more creepy than the act of knife play itself, right? So there's a lot of landmines here. But and again, all this stuff has become more popularized because of stuff like Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Like they made a whole book series and women's series around a lot of this type of stuff. And it's okay as long as you get consent. But if you're not getting consent, it makes you a cancelable monster yeah but it's not like he so, did actual knife play like just, just not that we clear, know of. that whole thing not that we know of not, not that we know of right at this point not if you're going to be accusing yeah. him of all this other stuff if he did that shit i would probably include that or if he did it and obviously there wasn't consent for it but if these women happily gave consent and are also into the same thing and then fall out of interest of army hammer and then they become not as happy, right? They use this to sort of smear the fact of, oh, well, this is something that's taboo and I'll just do this in order to shame him with all of his Hollywood friends, right? That's also a possibility. But I think that's the whole point of an article like this where it's just like, what do you do with this in 2021? What do we do? I have no idea what to do. Should he be canceled? I mean, reading that stuff was terrifying. So I'd say, yeah, cancel him. That's crazy. But just because it's not comfortable with me doesn't mean that he doesn't have a consensual a consenting partner that finds no creepiness in that. Right. Like I, that's, that's where this gets tough because to me, none of this is my business. If you want my honest opinion, whatever army hammer does on his free time, as long as it's not criminal, I don't really care. Let him do what he yeah. wants. Yeah. I'm with you. This is like, this is when you start getting into like weird kinks. And let me tell you something, there are weird kinks out there. That's not to kink shame. That's just saying there are very, if you have a spectrum of what's normal and what's not, this is not normal, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily bad if the intent, if the consent is there and it's not actually harming somebody. If there is actual harm, physical, emotional, whatever, then, okay, yeah, we got a bit of a problem here, which it sounds like that's the bigger issue. But if you say things, but if there is this thing of this cannibalistic play, so to speak, right, then... Yeah, it's weird to me. 
Definitely. Right. Uh, but just because it's weird doesn't mean that he deserves to not because there's things that we thought were weird. I mean, look, I'll be very honest. As society, we thought that people who are homosexuals were weird 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Right. As a society, that was not something that was openly accepted. And we're getting to the point where just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean that people can't live happily the way they want to live as long as everyone is consenting and as long as everyone is not being harmed, right? And I guess that's where knife play starts to cross into that, as in, I mean, I think part of the play is for you to be harmed in some way. Even if it's small, you're still harming. I mean, sadism is harming somebody else for that pleasure. I mean, S&M. If he was just into S&M, for example. But that's. But I believe the first S and S&M is sadism. <laughs> I believe. Right. It's sadism yeah. and masochism. So you either like giving pain or receiving, a, or receiving pain, and usually that you can't have one without the other. So, so one of the, there is a party in both camps. In I should have did that scenarios. story last because that ties perfectly into Paul Giamatti. He plays a sadomasochist in billions. <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. So, okay. So anyway, so hold on. I, I, I want to move on because there's a lot of cancellations, right? So the next cancellation, Mr. Potato Head. So Mr. Potato Head dropped the Mr., And this article I'm reading from the AP, it says sort of, right? Because some more things have come out. But anyways, the big news came out that, hey, you know, Mr. Potato Head, who honestly is known, who's known more for Toy Story, for being in Toy Story than actually this being an old toy from the 70s, right? Like when I think of Mr. Potato Head, I think of who played Mr. Potato Head in um, Don Rickles in Toy Story. Yeah, Don Rickles. There you go. I think of Don Rickles. So uh, this article from the AP says Mr. Potato Head drops a Mr. Sort of. So Hasbro created confusion Thursday when it announced that it would drop the Mr. from the brand name in order to be more inclusive and so all could feel welcome in the Potato Head world. It also said it would sell a new playset this fall without the Mr. and Mrs. designations that will let kids create their own type of potato families, including two moms and two dads. But in a tweet later that afternoon, Hasbro clarified that while the brand is changing, the actual Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head characters will still live on and be sold in stores. In a picture posted on Twitter, the Mr. and Mrs. names were less prominently displayed at the bottom of the box instead of at the top. So while it was announced today that the Potato Head brand name and logo are dropping the Mr., I am proud. And yes, that was spelled I space Y-A-M space proud to confirm that Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head aren't going anywhere and they will remain Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, the company tweeted. So yeah, so um, there was somebody else. (laughs) The tweet came after a news of the brand name change exploded on Twitter with people asking if Barbie will change her name next. And this is a quote from someone on Twitter. I think Hasbro needs to drop the bro and just be has another person tweeted. So people are not happy with things getting canceled and replaced. What are your thoughts on the potato head controversy? (laughs) This is, uh, this is just like it feels like this was done in collaboration with Fox News and these other conservative news sites and uh, and networks, like under the understanding that they would get a profit of the ad revenue that would come in. <laughs> like, that seems like what this is, because this literally has no impact on anything whatsoever. Is it superfluous? Yeah, probably, because Mr. Potato Head always came with stuff that you can mix and match. In a way, he was one of the first uh, widely accepted trans characters, right? Yeah. Because you, yeah. you could dress him up however you wanted. You can put whatever you want to, right? 
But guess yeah. what, Mr. Potato Head? I just transformed him into Mr. Po- into Mrs. Potato Head. You know what? Fuck that. They're divorced. Miss Potato Head, in your face. Racial, uh, androgynous Potato Head. Bam. Look at it's this. It's a potato. Yeah, exactly. It's a potato. Um, I I think it's it's one of these. I I don't know what board meeting this was discussed in that you get to this point. Uh, it doesn't bother me. Just is a thing and like you said it's not even going away the the two things are still there is there a difference between the mr and mrs skews no anywhere? i guess it's just the accessories that they come with it's not like the mrs potato head has a curvier shape to it it's a potato <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i i meant that so the okay so mr and mrs potato head come with different things i think they come with like mrs thought, potato head comes with like that sundress or something like that i thought like, they all came different. with the same stuff I, again, Mrs. Potato Head didn't exist until Toy Story. I'm pretty sure of that. I don't think Mrs. Potato Head was ever a thing. I think they created a Mrs. Potato Head through Toy Story and then started selling the toy. I thought there was lady or like feminine uh, feminine pieces, we'll say. That doesn't sound right either. But you know what I mean. Yeah, again, I think that's all new. I think that's not. Oh, okay. The original Potato Head was from the 50s. Like that's an old toy, I believe. Um. Like the what? potato head toy is not yeah. First introduced Accessor. the toy scene in 1952, when it didn't even come with a plastic potato. Kids had to simply so <laughs> had to supply their own vegetable to poke eyes, a nose, or a mustache into. Um. So they added the plastic spud, but normally it just came with accessories for kids to. I mean, wow, that is a 50s toy. If you could ever a post World War II toy. Hey kids, grab a potato and stick some eyes into it. Yeah. You think uh, you think Mr. Bucket is going to get canceled next? <laughs> I mean, Mr. Bucket kind of. I mean, the, he, he kind of fits the bill, doesn't he? Like Mr. Bucket's not hiding of what he is. Mr. Yeah, Bucket put, is very. I think he's put very the balls proudly. in my mouth, Mr. Bucket. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he's very proudly who he is, right? So I don't think you need to. There's the. I guess the point is, there's not a Mrs. Bucket, right? And I think that's right. the thing here of them saying, well, you've genderly assigned a Mr. and Mrs. What if we just get a potato head and I can make it whatever I want to make it? Do you think so anybody actually said that? Do you think anybody actually wrote that think piece? I don't know. That I guess some of this is maybe it's people not like sitting down in racist. a boardroom. It's not like, some of it's this, not look, like Aunt Jemima. Yeah. But I'll be honest and I'll say I would assume, and we've got I've got two more cancellations to get to. Right. That a lot of people are just starting to sit down in the boardroom and going, all right, what are the things that could be problematic? What do we need to get to before someone else does? Like, that's got to happen right now where people are sitting in a room and going, all right, let's go. I want to go over our entire list of toys. And what are the ones we need to get on top of before someone starts to point this out? And then we're in trouble. We don't want to be reactionary. Go through all of them. And Hasbro lined up all their toys and said, that toy might be an issue. Let's come up with a version of this. And that's what they're doing. So say Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, all these things that the people are just looking at their portfolio and going, which one of these guys is going to be problematic? And I will say the next thing that happened was Dr. Seuss. Right. So Dr. Seuss, and I'm going to read this from a New Zealand stuff.com or stuff.co.nz or NZ. Love if Big fan. Know. Big fan. Right. Uh-huh. So six Dr. Seuss books won't be published anymore for racist images. So six Dr. Seuss books, including, and I think that I saw it on Mulberry Street and If I Ran the Zoo, will stop being published because of racist and insensitive imagery, the business that preserves and protects the author's legacy said Tuesday. These books portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. Dr. Seuss Enterprises told the Associated Press in a statement that coincided with the late author and illustrator's birthday. 
Seizing sales of these books is only part of our commitment and our broader plan to ensure Dr. Seuss's Enterprises catalog represents and supports all communities and families. The other books that are affected are Mr. Elegot's Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. And I will admit, I've never heard of any of these books before. Yeah. The decision to cease publication and sales of the books was made last year after months of discussion, the company said the company, which was founded by Seuss's family. Dr. Seuss Enterprises listened and took feedback from our audiences, including teachers, academics, specialists in the field as part of our review process. We then worked with a panel of experts, including educators, to review our catalogs of titles. Uh, Said, okay, so here's why. I'll give you the exact reason. So, in And to Think, I saw it on Mulberry Street, an Asian person is portrayed as wearing a conical hat, holding chopsticks, and eating from a bowl. If I ran the zoo... never did that. If I ran, the zoo includes a drawing of two barefooted African men wearing what appears to be grass skirts with their hair tied behind or tied above their heads. Um, so those are the two that this article listed. Um, so books by now, Dr. To be Seuss. Clear, blah, 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 I, I wanna, but anyways, yes, they're canceling Dr. Seuss books. They, they're not. So what's interesting about this is that the this this is where people woke culture goes too far. <laughs> Um, the, the publisher is basically going to stop printing them, right? They're going to stop making these books Yeah. where it goes further is that eBay removed after that, that news eBay then jumped on the bandwagon and removed listings for these books on eBay. And then as people have pointed out, which is a pretty good point in my opinion, you can still buy Mein Kampf on eBay, but you can't buy these Dr. Seuss books. I guess the difference, and I'll say this before I keep reading the last part of the article, which is other books that have come under criticism that might be canceled soon, is that Mein Kampf you can consider as a historical literature. Uh Uh-huh. Where you can't consider, if I bought the zoo, historical literature. Like, it's not about a time of an influential leader of a country, right? Like, I don't think if Trump wrote a book called... Which is more harmful. My whatever. I don't even know what my comp means. Which is um, more... No, but, but back up. Which one's more offensive? Look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm making... The guy who committed genocide or... I'm making the same argument you made about of, the... Uh, I'm making on, the same argument that you made about the Confederate flag, which is... Historically, there's if you want to fly the flag, you can. I would say, yeah, this eBay, you're right. eBay can right. do this. All I'm saying is that yes. they, I'm saying, leave them both there. <laughs> I'm not saying take them both down. And I guess for me, is I'm that this is Dr. Seuss's, this is his estate that is right. making this decision. The estate, it's not that the my, government, yeah, right, the my estate problem, has told him, has been like, we don't want to do this because it's, and I would say the difference, as always, is think of the children. Yeah, that's it. But the, it's because the it's estate, attached to kids. Yeah. The estate is one thing, but then all this reactionary stuff is like, uh, I don't know, man. There's some there's some weird shit there. So let me let me read the other books and then we can continue. So um, numerous other popular children's series have been criticized in recent years for alleged racism. In the 2007 book "Should We Burn Babar," the author and educator Herbert R. Cole contended that. The Babar the Elephant books were celebrations of colonialism because of how the title character leaves the jungle and later returns to civilize his fellow animals. 
One of the books, Babar's Travels, was removed from the shelves of a British library in 2012 because of the alleged stereotypes of Africans. Critics, has all, critics have also faulted the curious George books for their premise of a white man bringing home a monkey from Africa. And Lauren Ingall Wilder's portrayals of Native Americans in her Little House in the Prairie novels have been faulted so often that the American Library Association removed her name in 2018 from a Lifetime Achievement Award it gives out each year. Um, so the association still gives out the Jezel Award for the most distinguished American book for beginner readers published in English in the United States during the preceding year. So, look, I this is one of those things that I say, you know, this is a lot of white people not realizing that there are things out there that we've given a pass to for a very long time. And this is probably one of them. And it's like, he's got a lot of books. And there's a lot yep. of problematic stuff in his books because he wrote these books in the, I mean, he was born in 1904. Yeah. Of course, course. he's going to say some things about Asian people. I mean, I would say if you asked anyone who's been alive since World War II, they probably have some very unnice things to say about Asians. Mm-hmm. And so I look at some of this stuff and go, times change. I think what makes it worse is the social media, the the piling on of stuff. That makes it worse. Because some of this stuff, I would say, look, do we need to keep portraying Asian people as all they do is hold chopsticks and eat rice? Like that's Or do we need to portray every African as barefoot and with a bone through their nose? Like, no. Like, we can evolve from that. The world's become much smaller. But, you know, people getting upset about, oh, this is all cancel culture and canceling the books, I find a little silly. Where I'm like, yeah, some of the stuff, I think it's silly. It doesn't mean that we don't need to correct it. Some people are, again, for me, I'm not as sensitive. And some of this probably becomes you just grow up in a time where you're not as sensitive. But there are people now who go, this isn't okay, and they want to change it. And social media has given them a voice to change it. Yeah. My my issue is not from the source. I think I think the point you make is is apt, where you say, yeah, this we probably should, you know, dial back this imagery. And clearly these are older books and the publisher is going to stop, is going to stop printing them. Right. That's basically what they did. Right. They said, we're, we're done with these books. Yes. But we're not going to keep making them. It's the follow-up and the extreme reaction that kind of puts it against everything else where it's like, is that the right response? You could say, Hey, you know, you could do more of a like a school board curriculum, they should look at things and be like, hey, we probably shouldn't be putting these in our in our classrooms. We should probably leave these out. And but like eBay going around and saying, no, you can't you can't sell that book because of there's a few unsettling images. There, there's unsettling images in everything that's over 40 years old. So to pick look, and choose this this specifically, the, this it's is, just bait. Yeah. My problem, my bigger problem to this is it gives ammunition to that audience that has the that that's like oh it's too like the idea of authoritarian left wing if it doesn't conform to your values then you can't have it and that is in the mainstream the loudest voice in the room that that sucks up all the oxygen and this just does that because you're overcorrecting on everything and this opens up the door for easy well what about this the mind comp thing is so crazy but it's the it's the easiest thing to point to because it's the most extreme and ridiculous that points out well ebay what what is your line what's your standard because it sounds so ridiculous because it kind of well the is. thing is and look the thing is that most people don't realize is that the standard's going to keep changing so there's stuff that i mean it's real funny right like if you watch i'm trying to remember i watched a movie recently 
where they sort of very liberally use the 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 derogatory word word for gay people, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say me and you probably grew up in a time where you would hear that word and you wouldn't think of it as specifically derogatory towards gay men in particular. It was sort of what people just kind of said. Yeah. Oh, dude, we, right? we grew up and in like, a time when in a movie saying, now, and it's interesting yeah. because I would say, I, I mean, this is a movie from 2005. It's like one of these Apatow movies or one of these movies where you kind of watch it and you're just like, huh. Oh, you know, I think it was actually Anchorman, actually. And you watch it and you're just like, oh, that's not cool anymore. That's weird. I haven't heard that word in a long time. Right. And I think that's where I tend to be okay with this. But the problem is that social media has become such an echo, a loud echo chamber, and it's become so influential and powerful that companies will bend to social media outrage. And I guess that's the question is that, and this, I I would say that a lot of this is, it's very heavily American in this because America always tends to bang the freedom drum. The, well, you're restricting my freedoms. If you don't like it, don't restrict my use of it. Right? Like that's, that's kind of strictly an American way of thinking as a majority or as you know, more than more than a small minority percentage. Because look, it happens here in New Zealand, where you'll get people who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s coming out going, in my day, we weren't so sensitive. But overwhelmingly, I mean, I look at what happened after the Christchurch terror attacks. They pretty much unilaterally just said, all right, we're, we're done with these guns. We're finished. Done. We don't need them. We're getting rid of them. Turn them in. And everyone said, yep, seems like the right thing to do. Where in the States, that would turn this bit, oh, you're trying to cancel my freedom, my freedom. Just because one bad person does it doesn't mean, you know, the bad guys win when you take away the guns from good guys. It's that argument in the States that seems to always go nowhere. And the fact that corporations are are bending to this, whether it's because their employees ask them to, which I would say that's a lot of it, right? Like your employees are made up of black people, Asian people. LGBTQ people, right? Like that's who your employees are. And I think more corporations realize that now more than ever, as in it can't just be like, oh, well, this is freedom. We'll just produce the books. And if you buy them, you buy them. If you don't, you don't. I think that's what's changing. And I think that's what's probably more unsettling to people that corporations are controlled by social media. They just are. Their perception on social media means more than it ever will right now, I'm assuming, of like, we have the power to stop you from selling Aunt Jemima syrup. Yeah. And that and the consequence is it comes down to feeling you're you're bowing down to a group of people who are basically making the rules themselves. And it's a and the rules and are it, changing. to me and to me it, it's actually a really small it's a small group of loud people. It's a small it's a loud minority where yeah. you know Trump had the silent majority. There's a loud minority out there screaming every single time something problematic comes up yeah and And the thing is as well is that this these groups also will start to eat their own and that's the very interesting thing about liberals is that liberals will they are never afraid of throwing their own right if we're going to play the sides game right there's a red team and a blue team Mm -hmm. the one thing the red team does not do is they do not throw their own to the wolves where liberals will, because it is, it becomes sort of the sanctimonious of it. Like I look at the stuff that happened with Cuomo this week, yeah. and that's a perfect example of he's one of ours, but the principle means more. And because the principle means more, we do this with everybody. And whether that's right or wrong is up for whosoever interpretation it is, which I think is what the scary part of it is. Because but the there problem are the- is, 
it's that's that one of the issues with this with the term cancel culture, which is a decent application to it. And we've talked about it before. It's like, what do you expect the consequence to be? Because it's always the cancel culture thing comes in because it's always you're canceled, you're done, it's over. And there's no explanation of well, what do you expect to happen next? Like what you're canceling this guy for what? You just want to ruin ruin the person's life. You want them to go away. You want them to disappear. Yeah. And a lot of it is very vin- what I don't it's like. All- is a lot of it's very vindictive. Yeah, it's very. I want to see you suffer. I want to see you lose everything. I want to. You don't deserve to have anything. It's that extremism of basically going. I'll be happy when you're dead. Yeah, there was a- basically what it is. It's it's weird because it's not. And real quickly, the other two, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> It's getting canceled because he perpetuates rape culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one other one. Oh, Woody Allen. Which, and I find the Woody Allen stuff super Wasn't he interesting already because, canceled? Because Woody Allen's been a creep all of my life. Yeah. Like, what? That's <laughs> but you're new? Like, hey, that guy makes really awesome movies. But, oh, he married his daughter. This dude's a creep. But well, what did he the do minute now? There's a documentary out about Woody Allen. There's an HBO documentary about his life and Mia Farrow and all this stuff that had sort of come up with how he groomed his daughter and these women and all. And like he's telling you in his imagery where he's like it's always an older guy with like a 17 year old or a 16 year old or an 18 year old. It's always very on the edge where he's kind of telling you, hey, I'm trying to tell you that, you know, an older man loving a young woman is just natural. And now we're back out, right? A new generation of people is, well, cancel Woody Allen. And it's like, I thought Woody Allen was already canceled. How many times are you going to cancel Woody Allen? He's been a creep for my 35 years of existence. <laughs> it's always been a creep. He just there made was, good movies. <laughs> yeah. There's another cancellation that happened. Um, this one was kind of messed up from the games industry. It's kind of a lesser known thing, but it's getting related to Harry Potter. Um, there's a... So there was a guy, the Hogwarts Legacy game that's being developed. The developer leaves after controversy over reactionary YouTube video. So they, um, so just reading from The Verge, Hogwarts Legacy developer Troy Levitt has, uh, which is ironically spelled leave it, but what I think it's Levitt, has left the project following criticism of videos that defended the reactionary Gamergate harassment movement and dismissed sexual misconduct complaints against media executives. Levitt tweeted the the news last night saying he had resigned from the studio Avalanche software despite feeling absolutely secure in my position. Um, The the thing that happened with this guy, yeah, he had this YouTube channel and basically some dude just posted a a screenshot. And none of these videos are were um, were newer than two years old. They all had like 10,000 or less views. Um, and yeah, there was some, there, there was some stuff where I didn't, you just look at the headline and it looks like, okay, whatever, just some general nonsense stuff. But again, it's something two years ago, some guy just tweeted, Hey, just going to leave this here and say that this guy's, have you guys seen this, this dude's profile picture? And the whole point was to attack. So what happens next? You basically have a screen grab of this guy's, um, YouTube feed and then and then what happens is every every games media site basically says, "Look at this guy's feed. Look at this guy's feed. Look at this guy's feed. Oh my god, he's and he's part of this game." And don't forget that shit about J.K. Rowling and all the other stuff. And and then the guy leaves, and it's like, "Well, he resigned." It's like, "Yeah, no shit, he resigned." After all that stuff, you guys perpetuated this thing from to happen. This guy hasn't posted anything. He might have said some dumb shit two years ago. 
Um, and that's it. Like he said some dumb shit two years ago. He hasn't done anything since he's like, he's doing this job. He's working for this game. If he hasn't done anything really wrong or illegal, it's, it's not like, um, you know, we compare it to the Gina Carano thing where she's perpetually saying things that can actually cause harm, like physical harm to people when you're anti-masking and all this other stuff. But, but that's, this is just one of those things where there is this, this part of the left of the like super left. And it's a very loud group of people that will just pile on, pile on, pile on over this sense of righteousness just, and just look, for the I sake just, of destroying people. I just don't like that. It's so subjective is what I, and again, like I, I've said this multiple times, right? I don't cry tears for all of these people. I don't right? like a lot of this stuff. And I'll say this, my biases specifically when it comes to white men, like, sorry, but you've gotten away with this stuff for a very long time. And if you happen to step in it, that's that's sort of what this is the system that you built. You could have never let it get to this point because you were in control as a generality. Right. That's me making obviously very general statements here. So I tend to not be as a, as a black guy, I tend to not be as so, oh, this is so unfair. It's like, well, look, you'll get another job. You'll be fine. But but. I, I'm with you on this is very subjective. The goalposts keep moving. What is okay tomorrow or what is okay today that you don't say anything about for years and all of a sudden it pops up into your consciousness and then you come at everyone with the fury of a thousand suns and then you decide to blow this up becomes very problematic because how do you know that what you wrote in your Twitter account today is going to be okay in two years? Exactly. And I think you need to be able to excuse the fact that we've come a long way with gay marriage and the way that we treat people in LGBTQ communities was not right. It was wrong. And I think everyone can say that was wrong. It's wrong as little as five years ago, two, three years ago. Like, I'm not talking long, long periods of time. But if you do actually want to fix this and you do actually want people to take you seriously and you do want for people to hear your voice. It can't be so subjective to, well, I don't like this person, so I'm now going to start digging through their history to see if I can find something that justifies me saying this person should basically die. Yeah. And I think that's what I don't like because it's not really a constructive discussion. It then just becomes shouting. Well, and it's not a discussion at you're all. Not, you're, you're not fixing the problem. We're not fixing the problem. If anything, you're now going to build the other side so entrenched that what you are saying is nonsense and stupid and you're sensitive snowflakes instead of actually trying to educate them why this is a problem and why images like this need to be, again, do we need to burn it all? Do we need to burn the books? No, but I think educating people and, hey, you know, back when Pepe Le Pew was a cartoon and he was chasing around this cat and, you know, kissing her without her consent and, you know, not and locking her in the door to keep her that she doesn't escape in the, the behavior. Matt Lowry is, is yeah, it's like Matt Lowry's behavior. Not OK. But do we need to go searching for this? Because that's what a lot of this starts to feel like. We're now searching out. There's yeah, people you're scrubbing, sitting there, you're scrubbing, scrubbing the, the Internet for the problematic things for saying Hey, guess what? I don't like Ted Koppel. I'm going to go through his history and see if he's ever said anything I don't like. And I'm going to bring it up. Ted Koppel is, is an old... I was trying to think of what the, the most generic white guy I could think of. Ted Koppel was a newscaster, I believe, on CBS. And I'm saying that because British, where else British would a Ted American Koppel be? American newscaster. Yeah. yeah. So Ted yeah. Koppel. I don't know if Ted Koppel is still live. 
He's on Nightline. He's alive. So he's alive. Uh, yeah, still alive. 81. 81. But again, like you look at Ted Koppel and you go, I'm sure he probably said something racist. <laughs> right? He's 81. Of Ted course Koppel. he did. You're damn right he did. Right? So should we now spend today seeing if we can cancel Ted Koppel? Because Ted Koppel said something that's a little suspect. Let's go find him and cancel him. And I don't like that it's subjective, even for us, right? There's some people that we go, well, I don't like him anyway, so who cares? But then if it's something that you do like, you're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's not just throw out the baby with the bathwater here. Let's discuss this. Like, I, I'll say this. I kind of felt that way with R. Kelly. R. Kelly's a monster, right? I kind of feel like we knew he was a monster in 2000 when the article, I mean, I mean, Dave Chappelle was making jokes about this. Yeah. Right. Made the song. Everyone was making jokes about this. He got away with this, so to speak. Right. R. Kelly ended up getting away with this. He was still making music. We were all happily listening to his trap. The boondocks the jokes. Don't forget about that. Boondocks jokes. We're making jokes about all this about stuff. It. <laughs> but now, because we are at this culture where people will, like you said, very loudly go to the end of the earth to sort of cancel people. R. Kelly should have been canceled 20 years ago and 30 years ago. So you look at some of the stuff and I go, well, that sucks because R. Kelly made great music. But yeah, that behavior, if it's criminal, it's not acceptable. And maybe we shouldn't be listening to his music. Or maybe we should listen to his music because, hey, not all the music is about, you know, holding young women against their will. I mean, he was making songs about I Can Believe I Can Fly for Space Jam. Is that a canceled song? Or it's just because now we don't like R. Kelly, right? So it becomes this very subjective discussion which I find is not a discussion, like you said. It's very difficult to wade. People are complicated. And I think for us to try to make everything black and white like we did in the 50s and 60s with race, people in some of these very loud minorities are starting to make this canceled thing black and white. And I don't think that's going to serve people well if you really want to solve this issue. And that's the problem. Yep. And And what I wonder... This is like kind of the last point I'll make because the, you know, I think I've made the same cancel culture argument every time we talk about it, but the, uh, you know, it's more about the nuance and the conversation, like you said, but I, but my worry, 75 million people voted for Trump in the United States, right? A lot of people. Um, Not, not insignificant that because, you know, more people voted for Joe Biden than any other president in American history. Second most Trump, same election. Um. They are, and of that audience, a lot of them is in this camp. So I wonder, so when you make these decisions, there there has to be, think about the goal, right? Think about the overall purpose of what is trying to be done and make things better. And the more you bridge that gap by giving into this kind of extreme, because it, it, it is an extreme left for sure. Um, and then- so the more you give into this this social justice warrior culture and appease them, you're you're changing this. You're making a big deal about um, let's just say the Mr. Potato Head thing, right? Even from a corporate standpoint, like think about the ramifications of what you're doing. I don't think it really mattered because it's a fucking potato. For the love of God, it doesn't it doesn't bother me either way. But does the appeasement of that small outspoken if there was even an outspoken group of people saying hey you should do this is it the appeasement of the people that it, that strongly believe in gender fluidity worth the worth the outcry and the potential further polarization of of the culture and the um 
and even from like a financial st- sentiment, are you going to gain more purchases than you lose? Because how many people are going to say, well, boycott Hasbro now? Because well, the of problem that. that I have is that it's so like people say that, but then people forget, right? Like oh, that's sure. the thing that I think always that always gets me is like people, well, I'm gonna boycott this and boycott that. And then I mean look, Chick-fil-A still make a delicious chicken sandwich. Yeah, they're great. And Chick-fil-A said some real abhorrent stuff about gay people. Yep. And Chick-fil-A is delicious. Yep. And we're gonna forget about it. And same thing with this. We're gonna forget about it. Yeah, I don't think anyone's not going to buy one... a potato head doll because there's not a the mister isn't proudly displayed at the beginning of it. I don't think that's going to happen. So it's the noise of this, of all these people being outraged because it didn't it just falls into camps, right? The, the politicians pick up on it and then it turns into, well, this is extreme liberalism or this is extreme conservatism. We're going back to our sides about the world's too sensitive. The world's too this. It just fe- It just confirms your bias regardless of which side you're on. Either it confirms the either it just confirms the bias that everyone's racist and all white people hate you, or it confirms the 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 bias of the liberals are are trying to censor us and government has too much power. It, either way, it just confirms your bias, and that's why I think people on the left, who I am going to say this, I'm going to say this, and it's, it might be wrong, but I'm going to say that in general, people on the left like to perceive, like to you know, they like to give off the perception that they're more willing to listen, they're more open to new ideas, right? They try to. They give off this elitism as we're highly educated. We tend to look at ideas objectively and make the best decision for society. What you're doing now is not doing that. You've got to find a better way to do this. And that's what I like. If you're a liberal and you're sort of subscribing to all these big ideals, you're picking the easy stuff, right? Like you're picking, I always use this analogy as in like, it's real easy to just cancel someone who says the N-word it's much harder to cancel housing discrimination in the city of Chicago. Yeah. Pick the hard stuff because the hard stuff's what actually matters. Yeah. Not the outward obvious display of things that's like, okay, Pepe Le Pew's a little creepy. Do we really need to write a ton of articles on Pepe Le Pew when maybe we should actually talk about this happening in corporate America and going after people who pay your paychecks? That's more important. That's tougher that's harder make those decisions instead of the easy ones right and that's that's what i and again right now we're doing the easy stuff right mr potato head ice cream you know goya easy stuff real easy actually go after the difficult stuff that you guys don't want to do because it might cost you your own job right It, it might cost you your life and that's what people aren't willing to do so while while all this stuff was happening, and I was going to bring this up for the reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish, but we could we'll skip it because we basically just did it. Um, but this, to your point, over the course of all this conversation, the biggest news that was happening this week was the was the latest stimulus from the the COVID stimulus bill that just passed today, as of the recording, and. This is a thing that actually, and this is what's included in the bill, just to hit the highlights from the from Vox, um, which is definitely a left-wing outlet, but these, these are the highlights. Uh, $1,400 stimulus checks to most Americans up to earning up to $75,000 a year. That was reduced where there was going to be the scale. Thanks, Joe Manchin. Thanks to you. I'm not getting about $200 or something. <laughs> a continued $300 a week boost for to unemployment insurance. A boost which was going to expire in like nine days or something. A boost to child tax credit and other tax credits. Uh, 
funding funding for K through 12 schools and higher education, improved access to healthcare, public health efforts against COVID-19, relief for states, local and tribal governments. Um, yeah. And the thing that, and what was the big debate was over a $15 minimum wage, a uh, federal $15 minimum wage, which got booted out of the bill because of two Democrats and no Republicans, even though it is extremely popular in, throughout the country. So while we're bickering about, and, and Fox News is going to, and Tucker Carlson and Handy are going to talk about how all the snowflakes on the left, haha, because let's be real, these fucking people are going to, are canceling Dr. Seuss. The guys who they're actually voting for are trying to keep all that shit from going down. While there's still a pandemic going down, while people are still going hungry, all these other problems. And, you know, when, when you're there making minimum dollars, minimum, like minimum wage, and you're wondering why it's not going up, this is why. Yep. This is why. So, yep. anyway, enough of that shit. Let's move on to uh, some media therapy and start with a question. I know you saw uh, Raya and the Last Dragon within the last few hours. So I'm going to yes. ask you this. Who's older? Benedict Wong or Paul Giamatti? And I'm going to say something just like black people. Asian people are very hard to judge. Canceled. We just are (laughs) right. You're canceled. Just that, that a little additional melanin goes a long way. Um, I'm going to say that Benedict Wong is younger and I'm going to say that he's younger by a year, I'm going to say Benedict Wong is 52 to Paul Giamatti's 53, 54. <laughs> I don't remember how old Paul Giamatti is. But yes, I'm going to say Benedict Wong is younger, but very close. I'm going to say he's younger by a year. Benedict Wong is four years younger than Paul Giamatti wow, like okay. to the day. They are three huh. days apart in birthdays. Okay. But I could see Benedict Wong being like the, the he, I mean, definitely looks a lot younger, but you know. Being kind of like a, an Asian Paul Giamatti, he he could always play that kind of middle aged guy. Yeah, I just remember forever. him from Doctor Strange. That's the he's, most recent yeah, movie I remember from. Yeah. He's in that. There's one other thing that he was in that I think about. Oh yeah, he was in Gemini Man, wasn't he? <laughs> I think so. <sighs> what a movie! I heard I heard that described on a podcast I was listening to as like the best movie starring Will Smith and a bike, starring Will Smith, Will Smith and a bike and a motorcycle. <laughs> Yeah, because again, like the voice acting stuff's always hard. Because I don't tend to know what people sound like, and especially Disney voice acting all kind of sounds the same after a while. They don't tend to pick people with other than possibly Toy Story stuff. Like for the most part, they maybe have one or two people that are very recognizable, but then like the main cast, you tend to be like they all kind of just sound like Disney. And this movie was the same. You could pick out Aquafina's voice. Wait a minute. It, Benedict Wong, according to Google, they're saying he was in Moon. Moon had two actors in it. It had. I don't understand. Thompson, who the hell was that? I don't remember. I remember Moon, Rockwell, but I don't remember who was in it. Sam yeah. Rockwell and Kevin Spacey did the did the voice of the uh, of the AI. All right, fair enough. I guess you got a video of the wife. Who the hell was Benedict? Anyway, all right, go on. So yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so look, I can give you a quick. I, I watched for media therapy. I watched four movies recently. Okay, all right, hit me. Some old, some new. Sure. Let's talk about Raya and the Last Dragon first. Right? No spoilers. That's, right. No spoilers. 
it's Disney, mm-hmm. right? Disney's latest animated feature. It's got Aquafina in it, playing a dragon. Lover. It's the first South Asian influenced Disney princess Disney movie. So if you want to speak, because I would say that she is, it is sort of a princess movie since there's kingdoms and sort of, but it's, you know, that, that, that genre has changed alone. It's not some dude coming to save a helpless princess. It's often yeah, brave, the princess is brave going kind to go, of was the first one. To yeah. Fuck is that to go trend, save right? the world. And so it's very formulaic. It fits similar formula. The end is different. It's different from what you expect. Um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it looked good. I thought the story was good. Um, highly recommend it. Um, is it Cry? better than Moana? No, no tears. Is it better than Moana? No. Moana is the best of this traditional genre for me. Um, and it's mostly because the rock kind of kills it in that movie of the prince of like the princess Disney movies of that, of like the young adult, the young woman, young adult series of strong woman going to change to go save home, to go save things. Right. I'm trying not to spoil it, but trying to go save things. Right. Um, because yeah, let's call it, let's say warrior princess movies. Fair enough. That works. Cause again, like she is technically a princess. I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of Brave. That's the only one I really remember watching. I don't think I've seen Moana in its entirety. Moana's great. Yeah, um, the Frozen be. movies just don't there's too much singing in Frozen for me. I'm not well, a big fan of the, all the singing. Yeah, but it's good. Um I would say Zootopia is the best of all of Disney's animated films. I like, love Wreck-It Ralph, I think is still my favorite. Wreck-It Ralph's good too. Wreck-It Ralph's very but Zootopia's was I was not expecting that movie. <laughs> like what it was was way cooler than it had any business kind of being um, but yeah, I mean, they make good movies. Everything Walt, everything Disney makes. I mean, it's amazing how they were kind of the laughing stock, and it was like, well, Pixar is basically doing Disney stuff. I would argue that Disney makes better movies than Pixar does now. I mean, Soul was great, right? So remove. Yeah, I was going to say, Soul well, was Pixar great. does so many things. They're not. They're not this kind of um, you know, uniform body now. You have separate. Yes, you have a. But you could, you again, got kind of a scatter shot. Pixar. Like, Pixar got stuck doing sequels that weren't very good. Well. <laughs> That all the Toy Story sequels were amazing. Yes, but Finding Dory didn't eh. see it. It's all right. All the right. Cars movies. Well, they were never great. Nobody really. We were liked selling. Them. We were selling toys. Yep. I would argue that The Incredibles two ah would have been better without it. Yeah, but you right? didn't watch it the same way I did, which was in a in an IMAX theater with a dude behind me constantly saying, "Yo, that girl is thick." and now that's a whole meme in itself isn't it constantly constantly say not just once there's a lot of her riding that bike (laughs) yeah and that's 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 a whole thing on its own right yeah um but yeah like i mean big hero six was good like again they've just made basically since i'd argue since they started doing I mean, yeah, Wreck It Ralph. Like that's I'd say kind consistency, of the, yeah. Consistency wise, consistent. you're probably right. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Wreck Ralph anyways, two, good. not nearly as yeah. good as Wreck It Ralph one, but Wreck It Ralph one, it. pretty close to uh to to getting me to cry, not gonna lie. Yeah. That one that one came close. Never saw it. Um oh, the so, yeah. I'm talking about the first one. Yeah. All right, so saw Ran the Last Dragon. After uh, so I'm going backwards, right? Last night I watched Snowpiercer for the first time. Oh. The, speaking never of seen speaking of uh cannibalism. Oh, the, yeah, that, that's that's where this was. That's that's where I was going with this. Um, because there's not a TV series of Snowpiercer. Yeah. And I knew that uh, Captain America was in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie sort of came out as I was moving around the world and just never saw it. 
it also was kind of a, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it actually made it to theaters, but it, it I've only known it as a VOD movie, but I also know that I think this is the, this is the part where that, that director Bong Joon yes, something he, got his, this was like the first of, this, this is, is first, his. like the, the mainstream movie, the first U S theatrical big movie that he made. Right. Um, and obviously he's, he just won the best film for parasite. Yep. This is the director of parasite. This movie was interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, when he when he said <laughs> at the end, and spoiler alert if you haven't seen this, at the end when he goes, you know, we started eating people and then we found that babies tasted the best, I pointed to the screen and said, see? Babies do taste the best. <laughs> no. <sighs> Good movie. I liked the way it was filmed. I thought the filming was very clever of basically they're on a train the entire time. For those of you who have not seen it, it's basically the world is frozen over, and so some rich guy built a train that goes around the world. Yep. Um, that's basically the gist of it. And you're on the train, and there's sort of – it's a bit of Titanic, right? There's the the lower deck that's got all the poor people who snuck on. It's got the middle class, and then it's got the ultra-rich people who are having raves and eating sushi. So I thought it was very good. I wasn't expecting that either. I didn't know much of anything other than it was a post-apocalyptic movie. Yeah, people love it. I thought Tilda Swinton was great. When is she not? Yeah, that's one one of those people that's always good. Ed Harris at the end shows up and he's doing stuff. Yeah, it's good. Um, I highly recommend Snowpiercer if you've not seen it. Now I'm interested to watch the TV show, which I'm assuming is just a more dragged out version. And instead of Chris Evans, there's a black guy. (laughs) Yeah, Sean Bean's in it. Um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so apparently, I'll watch it because, apparently, it gets yeah, apparently it's very good. Yeah, apparently it's very good. Yeah, but uh, cool, cool. Next movie that I watched, uh, and I actually watched this today, was The Wife. Have you seen The Wife? No. It's got Glenn Close in it. From twenty seventeen. Yes, yep. I believe it's twenty seventeen. Um, it's based off of a. It's based off of a novel. Um, it's, uh, it was one of those movies that you watch and you're kind of like, uh, it's kind of dumb, but it's pretty much an extremely feminist movie. Um, the plot is basically Glenn Close's husband, who is played by Jonathan Price, wins a Nobel Prize for literature. Mm -hmm. And it goes through sort of their life as like what happened for them to get to this point. Um, it's very interesting. I would recommend you watching it. I found some parts of it extremely unbelievable and a little silly, but it was still enjoyable. So recommend The Wife. I don't think it did that well um, as a movie. I think people were like, mm, it's a little much. Um, but yeah, I thought it was all right. For those uh, trying to pin Jonathan Price, he was, of course, the villain in the follow-up to Goldeneye, Die, um, Tomorrow Never Dies. And if you'll remember, his evil plan was to control the world's television for some reason. So there you go. If you don't know anything about that, he played the high sparrow in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I think uh, more people, well, I probably wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. 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 He played the high sparrow when, uh, what's her name? When they drag her through the streets and yell shame, he was the guy that stripped her naked and ran her through the streets and said, shame, shame. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But in, uh, in Tomorrow Never Dies, he basically played like a Murdoch, like super villain. He's but gotten really skinny, which is interesting. I mean, he was, he was in skinny in that too. Yeah, he's gone up and down weight wise. But look, it was good. Um, I thought it was a good movie. If you want to watch something that's going to make you think about how awful it is to be a man, um, sorry, how awful men are and how awful it is to be a woman, this is one of those movies to watch. <laughs> right. Cool. I don't think I will. Last movie. 
Last movie I watched was Shadow in the Clouds. Never heard of that one. It was another Shadow in the Clouds, another movie that is very last year. It's like it's, some young adult stuff. No, no, Shadow in the Cloud is great. I recommend you watch this movie. It's very interesting. It's nothing like you think it is. I don't want to spoil it. It's nothing like you think it is. It's based on uh Boy, it's Grace a New Marish. Zealand movie. She's good. This movie this movie was filmed in New Zealand. This is a Kiwi movie. They talk funny. Um it's very good. Don't read anything about it. Just watch it. I highly recommend that you watch it. There. The only thing I will tell you is that, again, if you're tired of being told how awful men are, you might not want to watch this. But, hey, men are awful. Uh, <laughs> Every movie is telling me that we're terrible. We're terrible people. And this was one of those movies that confirms it. Very, very sexist movie. Um, but sexist. it comes out pretty good at the end. Yes. sex. The, the men are very sexist in the movie. Oh, I thought you were saying Because um, it's about war. No, no. The movie itself is not sexist. It portrays sexist actors in it sexist men in the movie hmm. um but it's great the the twist and stuff is weird it's a super weird movie um i highly recommend that you watch it whoa okay tomato meter 77 percent from critics 35 percent from yep. audience of course because the audience is going well why it, it shoves sort of men are awful in your face over and over and over and over and over again dare i um, dare i read but i you? found it kind of fun after we got through that I thought the premise of it was fun. The weird twists in it were fun. It was good. I recommend that you watch it. I think that you'll like it. Yeah. Is it violent? Like we're talking like some bloody. Uh, it's a little violent. It's a little mm. violent. Um, but I think you'll live. There's nothing in there that's so overtly. There's one moment that's a little, uh, a little gross. Yeah. Um, but I think you'll live. All right. So far, this movie is 100% unrealistic, toxic social commentary. Holy crap. This could have been a good movie, but it's just a movie about men not believing a woman because she is there a you woman because men are bad. But yeah, a crew a crew full of blind men who can somehow... F- oh, wait. Am I... Is that going yeah, to you're going to spoil it. Don't all right, all right. It. I stopped. I stopped. I stopped. Yeah, like you got to the point that I was saying of basically basically hey this is the issue like that's exactly what it is it's that you're gonna have a bunch of men who are upset because it's women again telling you that you don't believe us and you over explain things to us and you're awful that's basically what the premise of the movie starts with but then it twists and it turns and it gets it gets interesting okay cool that's it those are the movies that's it those are the four movies that i watched that's it all right um yeah i haven't kind of busy i've uh let's see what have I done? Played a little bit more Cyber Shadow. Had to stop because I was getting really annoyed. Um, finished Control Ultimate Edition on PS5. So that was cool. Great game. Second time playing through the base game. Got the Platinum Trophy. Not that difficult to get. Uh, played through the two DLCs. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal game. Talked about it last week. It's it's just fantastic. Uh, I love it. I want more. I want... That's a that's a game that I feel would transition well to like a TV series or something, just so more people could experience the kind of weird world they built there. It's just really, really interesting. Um, and then otherwise, it's been a while, but I am actually just solely in on one game right now, which is Persona 5 Strikers on Switch. And it's really good. I'm playing it on uh, playing it on in console mode. In docked mode, playing it on on the trains. Uh, the game is great. Can't recommend it to anyone who hasn't played Persona Five. I mean, I could. It's just like all the relationships, all the characters that were built no up in the happens. first one. It's yeah. just like, 
what's going on who are they i mean the singular goal of it is pretty clear and the gameplay itself is fun they the combat is madness it's complete it's it's complete nonsense at the beginning and then as you get into a group you're like okay i gotta understand what's going on it's fascinating in a way that this is an omega force game and omega forces is like the warriors team so they've made dynasty warriors which they're on their ninth one which is coming soon but that's not really the ninth one because they do different variants of them so there's probably at least i'm gonna say 25 dynasty warriors games then there's samurai warriors which there's probably 10 of them there's offshoots like gundam warriors i think they've made a couple of those at least two maybe three there's two hyrule warrior games based on zelda there's a Fire Emblem Warriors game, but Dragon Quest Warriors. Like, they just make these games over and over again. The Musou genre, where it's like one guy versus uh, hundreds of enemies, and you got this big combo meter building up. Um, that's usually what they do. This is them at their most focused in a way that it's not like a Warriors game. You have this kind of imprecise combat system, so it's a lot more... Um, arcadey hack and slash stuff but there is a lot more strategy than the other games like dying is easier in this game so you have to use so the way they've infused persona like this is their best mashup of a brand with this kind of warrior style thing but there's actual dungeons there's puzzles that are you know quote unquote puzzles let's be real they're pretty straightforward but the game is excellent the presentation is top notch um kind of wish i wasn't playing it on switch because i feel like if i had the ps4 version on ps5 the load times would be would save me a ton of time. Yeah, because the Switch, every once in a while, will remind you that it's not the most powerful system out there. <laughs> yeah, but just just the SSD on PS5 um, speeding up those load times would make like on PS4. I'd have I'd assume the issues would be very similar. Um, but having having the load times, that's really my only issue with the game. Uh, otherwise, yeah, happy I'm playing through it. I I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I have, especially since I put in all that time into High Rule Warriors age of calamity last year and i think i mentioned it that just kind of bugged me after a while i was like yeah this is whatever um this game performs a lot better it's it's just unlike any of their prior games in a lot of ways so it was it was much more refreshing and different than what i expected it to be so yeah it's great i still recommend you finish persona 5 because that game is excellent probably one of the best games yeah, that i came remember out i left off i got like halfway through i guess but yeah haven't played it since and after playing this it's kind of making me want to go back because they they did a persona 5 royal which actually added more content to the game new a new character more story content and it's apparently even better than the original persona 5 so game's we'll just see. long i know just it long. is so we'll just see what the long. releases i i just wish it came out on switch if it was on switch because then well, i could and, and that's kind of what quicker. i need like i beat persona 4 when I was sitting in a rented out accommodation when I lived in New York for doing movie work, because every night I would just pull it up on my, it was on Vita, right? Yep. And I just would play it on Vita and then you can sit there playing a game on Vita for four or five hours and not even realize it. But when you're sitting there hogging up the TV, (laughs) playing a game, it's very obvious that you're just like, huh, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here on my couch playing this game versus I'm kind of in bed playing this or, Hey, I'm on the train playing this. Like it's just much easier. So, Yeah. Well, this one's good. I I still think if you want like that Persona itch and you still got your Vita handy, I'd still play through Persona Three because that game's yeah, great. Yeah, my Vita's around here somewhere. It's, it's good stuff. Works. 
Um, so that, yeah, that's about it as far as I'm playing. And then I watched the season finale of WandaVision. Did oh, yeah. you, did you I have not it watched it yet. No, I'm going to watch it soon. All right. Maybe I'll watch it, it after I get off of the, off of this podcast. Cool. It's good. It's good. It's next uh, week. Remind me if we do one next week to talk about married at first sight. I, maybe we should get Arlen on here and see if she's free because I've watched the latest season of married at first sight. This show was wild. <laughs> it's, it's, right. Yeah, she wanted you to watch wonderful. it. So, and again, I didn't watch. I I just couldn't get under. I couldn't get rolling on the season that she asked me to watch, which I believe was season nine. Now I'm almost willing to go back because I'm watching the latest season, and I'm interested. Arlen, if, she, if Arlen is listening to this, I'm interested in whether or not she has watched this current season. Because if she has, I want to talk about it. All right. Well, I uh, I'll tell you what. I'll text her now because I don't see why we wouldn't record next week. Again, my schedule is going to get very busy, so we'll see. All right. Well, I will ask her. I made a note in the notes because I, I keep notes for the for the episodes coming into the week. So I made a note to ask you about it at least. Uh, are you are you around to record with us next week? Are you around there? All right, and set. Cool. And then uh, I'd be even happy to do a separate episode of just married at first sight. You can just hit record and me and her can just talk about it. If she's watching, <laughs> we'll just sit back and play persona five. You don't even have to be around. You just have to, since you're in charge of the recording, you just have to join record and then you could play video games. And I say, all right, Jason, we're done. And then you can come back. Sounds good. Earn my, earn my, producer, that makes it earn my producer. These credit. episodes now are just two hour episodes. It's just what this podcast has become. <laughs> when we hit, we, we, Get down into the into the roots of a lot of issues here. How did this happen? How did these episodes become longer? Time flies. Yeah, I guess so. Ooh. Got a lot to say. Uh, yeah, WandaVision. My my quick summary. Good ending. Not a great ending. I thought the um, I thought the season itself was was really good. I was kind of excited about the the last episode. I enjoyed it. Hit some pretty good emotional beats, but a lot of kind of like, all right, let's let's wrap it up. <laughs> you know, kind of got a bit of that that feeling in there. I think it, uh, I don't really think they knew endings are tough. I'll say it that much. And this, at the end of the day, it felt like another, you know, we talk about the movies. I, I was listening to, uh, like a recap of it and it's a, I guess it's like four and a half total amount of content without credits. So if you look at it as like another movie in the universe, it's, it's pretty good, but it also feels like a, a stepping stone for more stuff. But that said, it's over. I was I enjoyed the ride. I still really like the week by week format, even though it <laughs> people were getting disgruntled because all their fan theories were wrong. But you know, I don't have any of those theories because I don't know any of the source material. And I'm excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier in two weeks. That's that's what I'm ready for. So WandaVision's done. Is it did it leave on a way where we'll have a season two, or is this over? No, I don't think we'll do it. We'll have a season two. It apparently is going to be she is apparently um a big part of the new doctor strange movie so sure. magic kind magic of, begets magic yeah so this kind of sets up that in a way but it's not explicitly clear how it's like a thing happens and i'm like okay that's a thing that's happening and it there's there's some parallels so you know check it out we can talk more about it next week after you watch it you can tell me how much it sucks and we'll go from there we'll do <laughs> Uh, oh, real quick, before we before we leave, uh, let's check the reviews. 
See if you owe anybody any money. My guess is no. But we'll find out. Here we go. He's a bro. I type in he. First result. Hey, babe. Apparently that. There's another one called he's fit. I'm fat. That sounds fun. Sounds like it could be us in varying degrees. <laughs> because it seems like it might switch. Yeah, that's that's very true. Oh, six reviews. That means we got a new one. Uh, but no written review. So oh. don't know who to give the money to. Don't know who it is. But there there is now six reviews. We're still five stars. The people love us. Review Beautiful. it. There are more than six people listening to this podcast. I know. I see the stats. Review us on iTunes if you have the ability. If you're not listening on iTunes, then I don't know. Just roll down your window if you're in the car and just yell, he's abroad. Go there. He's abroad.com. That's what I'm listening to. That's why I'm crying laughing right now. Because these morons don't understand anything. Like how space <laughs> like how space works and how and, and how it's easy and how e- this- equality and uh social justice and women. <laughs> A lot of things we don't understand. It's good. Just point. talking. We're just we're just two straight men. You know, just thank God. Thank God. One of us is black. <laughs> God, one of us is Jewish. Look at that. We all got qualifiers, people. You know what? I never see anybody include Jews and in representation in, in any oh, of no, these that conversations. Happens. Like like that. That happens where people will come out. I mean, you guys, you guys go hard, too, when there's stuff that's portrayed in the media that's not accurate. I wouldn't say that. You guys are the original. When something's not right, you guys come out in force. The Jewish community is strong to make sure that representation is equal. I guess I'm thinking about the um, like, there's all this stuff about um, like, I follow the game industry, right? So you see all these things about voices in the game industry and uh, minorities in the game industry and all this other stuff. And it's always black, Hispanic, uh, Asians, these kind of people, you know, uh, trans, gay, where are the Jews? Hey, what about us? That's all I want to know. Aren't you guys, aren't you guys out there already? They're running the, Never mind. I was going to (laughs) say, Oh boy. This podcast is over.